With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dave A.C. and Mystic Doctor. You can run it. Are you okay? There was a call for you at the office from your doctor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Yes, it's getting to be that time of the year again. We're starting to talk about Doctor Who. But uh, speaking of uh, old retainers at schools, it's Mr. Dave AC. Yeah, I must feel as though I'm back at Coal Hill. Hi, Irene. <laughs> yes, he's just a janitor, though. <laughs> just this habit of locking people in the basement, though. <clears throat> All right, I'll get myself out of trouble by introducing the rest of the room. <laughs> Joining us on audio, Mr. Darth Skeptical is here. Hello, Darth. Hello, good sir. How are you? Not too bad. Sitting here with my peach tea. That wasn't important. I just thought I mentioned peach tea. <laughs> also joining us on audio, Mr. Randall Thor. Hello, Mike. Hello. I'm listing. I'm feeling listless. Oh, I'm looking at a list. Hello, everyone. <laughs> yeah, would you straighten up a little? Gonna have to keep, keep cocking my head to one side. It's going to end up an audio clip somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> and also joining us on audio, Rick Wall is here. Hello, hello. And all I need to go to LA, Doctor Who 2, is some gas. Hang on a second. Let me drink some Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I'll gladly donate some. I've got plenty. <laughs> Yeah, it's all those it's all those gumball jacks he keeps eating. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, that's it for audio. Um, we're missing, um, of course, uh, Mr. Cuddly Ken today. Uh, he's got some telephone issues, but uh, hopefully those will be uh, rectified before uh, before the end of the show, so we can hear his dulcet tones. Did I intro Darth? Yes, I did. He was first. He was. He- Head boy at Coal Hill School. Yeah, he got introduced first. Yep, boys, top of my list. Some unknown. Uh. <laughs> All right, well, let's see who's under the gown. Controls, new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout 
in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. The portable cone of silence. What? 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 Joining us under the cone today are Mad Hell. Logan's here. Hello, Logan. Not that Logan, the other Logan. There's two of them. I know, it's confusing. Never mind. This one's got a star from Teacher on him. Yes, there we go. It's that one that's going to turn red at any minute. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> and also Mr. Cuddly Ken is sitting under the cone until the repairman come. Um, I'm a little concerned because we are missing our master of the cone, Cybob. Maybe he'll be a little later. With any luck. Well, he did pop in earlier, and there are some thunderstorms about, so um, as Rick Wall warned us, so maybe he's having issues as well. Yep. What part of the country is he in? Does anybody uh, know? The thunderstorm area. <laughs> the place where there's thunderstorms right now. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to do this just because I can, and I will, and because uh, and I have to use this clip. It just has to be used. It's news time. Go Tappy Monkey, go! Thank you, somebody had to say it. It's Colin Baker's <laughs> birthday. That's the news! <laughs> Actually, there's a, a, small, uh, another piece of news. I'm not sure if I mentioned it last week or not, because uh, I've been on other podcasts and may have mentioned them as well. Uh, mentioned on my mind as well is that uh, uh, to the state of guests at Long Island, uh, Doctor Who, uh, they have added... Uh, Terry Malloy, and they have also added Mr. Colin Baker. So they're going to have two doctors at the Long Island Doctor Who Convention, which I am hoping to get to. Um, and uh, as you heard, uh, Rick Wall is uh, planning on being there as well. Uh, I know our very own Mr. Cuddly Ken is going to try and get there. And uh, Perry G um, is uh, in, intending on attending. <laughs> so it could be a, a good turnout for the Cultural Collective. So uh, if you've been giving any thought to going, um, and you want to meet us, you're insane. Oh, I mean, we'd love to meet you. <laughs> I'll be wandering around with a, with a, with a Coltham shirt on. And, uh, yeah. and uh, nice, nice of me to delay long enough to, uh, to, to welcome Jeff, the Seventh Doctor. Hello, Ian. Hi, Dave. Hello, everyone. Hello, Hello Hi, Jeff. Jeff. Glad you could make it. Yeah, I'm just won the quest. All right. just won the quest. All right, uh, my next quiz, every question, Dave gets 100 points. <laughs> unless unless he gets it right, in which case he gets 200 points. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it's going to be all about his local geography, so he's going to only get 100. <laughs> <laughs> hopeless, hopeless. Infamy, infamy. They've all got it infamy. Yep. And in case anybody is wondering what the hell are going on about trivia, uh, you can uh, join most of the people in this room on Friday Night Trivia on Radio Creek Camelon, uh, Talk to ID 72402, uh, every Friday night at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. And I've got trivia. If you don't like calling in to talk to, I, can always, I always encourage people to join via Skype. That's an easier setup. And uh, we have people on Skype as well. And I've got a trivia question for everybody in the room. You have to guess to the nearest minute whether Mike will stay on audio for three hours or three and a half hours today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just hung up. 
<laughs> he ruined it. He did, he did as well. <laughs> well, that's all like, questions. It's all right. I'll send my Tamagotchi character that he's invented to to do some mischief at his house. Well, I was going to say three and a half minutes. <laughs> so I might have been close. Indeed. Tamagotchi life. What if it's on the Wii? I'll, I'll, I'll change that as well. I'll change the name of the game. I'm inside the machine, you remember? Yeah. Ghost in the machine. <laughs> no, it's it, it's just he looks old. That's all. It looks like a ghost. <laughs> oh, and Mike's coming back. <laughs> he's got he's got to come back, obviously. Oh. <laughs> You see, there was a sound clip that I missed recording in the pre-show. Uh-oh. 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 Let's hope it was one of Ian's. Uh-oh. I'm not going to say another word for the rest of the show. <laughs> anyway, there are people that have tuned into this recording to hear about Doctor Who, Ian. No, I was just talking about it. Long Island Doctor Who convention. <laughs> but if you want to if you want to be involved in the madness which is the cult of collective podcast here is Andy to tell you how if you enjoy listening why not join the collective and participate yourself or on TalkShoe call ID 54821 call in on 724-444-7444 this is a US number area code 724 so do check your calling plan before dialing in if you have a SIP client, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect in directly via the shoe phone client if you have TalkShoe Live installed. Looking forward to hearing you. Hi, I'm Rabbit from Steam Powered Giraffe. And I'm the Spine from Steam Powered Giraffe. And you're listening to the Cultum Collective. Enjoy! Well, we've set the bar high then, haven't we? (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're off on a magical mystery tour. No, it's just another list show. Well, it's a special list show because it's Doctor Who. Yes, um, recently, as you heard us talking about actually last week, um, Doctor Who magazine released another list um, counting down the number one episode of all time of Doctor Who, celebrating, of course, the first 50 years. And... uh, we're going to be talking about that list. As some of you may remember back in the midst of time, we handled uh, DWM's Mighty 200. Um, of course, now everything's been updated to include everything that uh, everything up until uh, the most recent episode. So now we have a list of it's the Mighty 241. <laughs> Doesn't quite roll off the tongue like the Mighty 200, does it? No. No. Anyway. Yeah, and so, uh, uh, just for everybody's convenience, that was um, magazine episode. Um, Magazine episode, magazine edition, four hundred and thirteen, and this new one, five years later, is magazine four hundred and seventy-four. So taking them five years to do just those uh, sixty odd uh, episodes. Magazines. Right, so what we're going to do? Today. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> All right. So what we're going to do today is we're going to discuss. The entirety of this list, but probably not all today. 
But last time we set ourselves a lofty goal and it ended up taking us uh, roughly five episodes, I think it was. Uh, this time, because we've... Oh, I'm going to be giving the numbers for the, the placement of the episodes uh, in, in this poll and also giving the time come to get an idea of like where some movement's been. Um, I'm going to read them out in of about 20 at a time, and then we're going to stop and see if anybody's got any discussion. Uh, episodes that I think are, are, are wrongly placed, uh, episodes that are perfectly placed, episodes that need to be higher, lower, you know, that kind of thing. General fan complaints. Good like that. All right, so I'm going to start off by reading the first 20. Uh, well, actually, 21, because we get that uh, get number 241 in. <clears throat> So anyway, uh, anybody got any questions before we start? <laughs> no, but I've got my magazine in hand already, Ian. Good. Yep, and if everybody at home has their magazine in hand, they can follow along. Um, you can also pick up the magazine on iTunes. Is it only by subscription, or can you buy each episode, uh, each uh, magazine? See, I'm doing the Dave now episode. Uh, each uh, magazine separately, Darth, do you, do you know? You can indeed buy each one separately, but it's cheap, much cheaper. Under subscription. If you just want this one, you can just get this one, or you can subscribe on iTunes and get a, a digital version. So that's fantastic. And, and it should be pointed out that your first issue, or the first month, I should say, is free. So, in fact, if you were to subscribe right now, it would be free, this issue, and you get to keep it even if you cancel your subscription. Hmm. Great. Excellent. Glad we covered that. God, I'm clever. <laughs> <laughs> You actually you actually get two free issues because the example issue is, I think the one where Peter Capaldi was announced as the Doctor. I forget what issue number that is, but that's that's almost a year ago now, I think. Um, so you get that one as a free sample, and then you get um, one month free. So this month is the one that has the uh, poll in it. So it's a pretty good deal. All right. Well. Time to get going with the list. Um, yes, I was going to say that for later. Talking to myself. Never mind. Don't mind me. We're just discussing things here. All right. Sad, sad, sad way to start the list considering it's Colin's birthday. But, all right, here we go. The list. Uh, last uh, last time placed at 200. Coming in at 241 is the Twin Dilemma. Last year, one... Uh, last year. Last list. <laughs> 192. And this year, uh, 240. Oh, this is sounding bad. <laughs> okay, Time in the Rani. Last time was 198. This time, 239. Time Lash. Last time, 199. Now, 238. Time Flight. Last time, 196. This time, 237. Uh, Underworld. Last time, 197. Now, 236. Space Pirates, last time 195, this time 235. The Dominators, last time 191, this time 234. The Rings of Akatan, um, it's of course a new placement, so its first number is 233. The Space Museum, last time was 190, now 232. Megalos was at 188, now at 231. Paradise Towers was at 193, now at 230. The Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe is at 229, of course, being a new episode. 
The King's Demons was at 181, now at uh, 228. As I trip over my tongue, the Curse of the Black Spot, of course, being new, is now is sitting at 227. Warriors of the Deep was at 185, now at 226. The Sensorites was at 183, now at 225. The Underwater Menace was at 194, now at 224. The Horns of Lord Nymon, and the Horns of Nymon was at 189, now it's at 223. The Time Monster was at 187, now at 222. Ark of Infinity was at 177, now at 221. And Love and Monsters was at 153, now at 220. There we go. That's the first 20. Um, now i got to say, I'm... I'm I'm just I'm just upset that the twin dilemma is at the bottom of the list. But then I I realize that the people kind of don't like it, but I like it because it's Colin, it's my bag, my my doctor and it's his first outing and I still love it and I don't care. <laughs> and and I don't know, time in the running well, I'm a bit sucked for as well because it is it a great story, no, but it's it had some great visual effects that were kind of for the show, it was a brand new thing. We actually had some decent digital effects for a change, and you know, uh, brand new doctor. I think it's kind of unfairly maligned. Jeff, you had something. To oh, I was just going to say the same thing. Uh, you know, Time in the Ronnie introduced the seventh Doctor, Sylvester McCoy, and uh, that's my Doctor, and I have a soft spot for that story. Is it is it great? No, but. It's not horrible either. It's I, I think it's badly um, criticized for things that it shouldn't be, and just way too far down on the list. I, I, mind you, that's, that's, I, I feel the same way about the, the Rings of Akatan. Um, it's I like that story. I thought it was a good uh, good first proper story for the you know Doctor and the New Companion, and you know. I liked it. Yeah, it messed around with, you know, it, it was probably a, an episode that made Perry cringe awfully, you know, um, mopeds in space and whatnot, but, you know, I, 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 I enjoyed it, you know, I think it's a, a neat episode, you know. Right, uh, well, uh, let me Mark. just mention a couple of things there. I mean, first of all, of course, those numbers sound strange when you say that, um, because obviously it looks um, first look as though a lot of those have moved up 30 or 40 places, but of course they they, they haven't indeed. You've got to you've got to put their number as as against they were out of 200 now they're out of 241. The easiest way if you've got the list in front of you is to just look um, you know the ones that were in the the 190s and the one and the 180s. If the if the 190s have have climbed higher, for instance. Um, the underwater menace was at uh, 194, which um, uh, was putting it uh, near time flight and space pirates. That's jumped to a good 10 places in in this list. So that uh, has um, achieved quite a bit of a rise. As is um, there's another one. Uh, even Paradise Towers has jumped up uh, quite a bit. To to, to um, it's moved up quite a number of places but the biggest thing is I think it is a surprise I didn't like uh, the rings of Akatan or Akatane or whatever uh, but it's surprising that even that 
and any of the new series, The Curse of the Black Spot, The Doctor Within the Wardrobe, that any of the new ones should be in that bottom section. Um, I don't think any of them deserve to be under 200. I don't think any of the new episodes would be should be relegated to that bottom section at all. Um, Why not? If you didn't like it, you didn't like it. And if you voted that you didn't... Well, because, uh, for instance, I, I didn't like The Rings of Acton, but there were some lovely moments in it. It was great when uh, they're in the, uh, they land on the planet and the Doctor's uh, telling Clara that he'd brought his um, granddaughter there before. So we had a nice reference there. We had some other little nice scenes. Um, I think Darth mentioned it once before, the little uh, unusual scene behind the back of the TARDIS where Clara's comforting the young girl, the singer, who didn't, wasn't sure whether she could perform faultlessly. The the song itself, which was was excellent, um, uh, and the actual some of the graphics. Although again, uh, to me, it, it seemed a bit. It was a little confusing. I didn't know whether that was a star. It was like a Jupiter planet, a gas giant that they were looking at. But they referred to it as a a sun. And yet, if it was the sun, well, the whole solar system would have collapsed when that collapsed. Um, uh, and I didn't like the um, you know the, the sound travelling through space and then flying through in an open space hopper, but there were some very nice aspects to it. The Doctor within the wardrobe. I think uh, the one thing that quite a few of us, and I'm fairly certainly Ian was the same with me, didn't like the Doctor virtually falling through the vacuum of space while he's climbing into a spacesuit. Uh, but yet there were some other nice touches. Uh, within the storyline as a whole. Um, um, so, for that reason, uh, on the Curse of the Black Spot, I didn't like the fact that we had um, a rather unusual setup with that one, but yet I liked some of the acting in that, and um, uh, there were there were things to recommend it. Whereas I always think of those ones in the bottom 20 as basically stories which are very difficult to um, to to pick out good things from them. Uh, although again, you see, time flight. I wouldn't have put time flight as low down as uh, two thirty seven, one ninety six last time. Uh, I always thought that was too lowly rated. I don't think it should be high, but I would have thought it would be up another ten, twenty places than that. And maybe, Dave, I... maybe even. Well, uh, you, you made a comment about how none of the uh, new series episodes should be this low. I generally agree with you, with one exception, and that's Love and Monsters. <laughs> Could not stand that episode. It deserves to be close to the bottom. Yeah. Good. I like that episode. <laughs> well, I think what's yeah. interesting here is, especially now that you brought up Love and Monsters, is that at the time that it came out, it was viewed very much as what's been popularly now called a Marmite episode, and that is an episode that some people like and some people don't, so therefore it ends up somewhere in the middle. And I think if you go back on like Gallifrey Base and you look at the, uh, the you know, time-encapsulated polls that were taken in 2006, that's what it pretty much revealed. It's not that it was hated, it was that a portion of people hated it, a portion of people liked it, and so therefore the average of that is somewhere in the middle. 
what seems to have happened here in this poll is that it has moved further down as a percentage. As you can see there, it's 153 out of 200. That is a much higher place than 220 out of 241. Um, and, and so it seems that over time, people are either believing the hype of this thing that they hear from other older um, Doctor Who fans, or people are actually looking at it and not liking it. I personally think that it is ridiculous to put it that low um, because it has uh, one of the most decorated directors in the history of Doctor Who working on it. We're talking about BAFTA winning, um, multiple BAFTA winning Dan Zeff, and the direction is pretty flawless. Um, I, I think it's got a lot of great character moments that you can... And, and I think that it actually deserves to be voted up for the thing that a lot of people don't like about it, and that is the utilization of a kid's design. I think that that's, you know, as a, a way of um, embracing fandom, it, it, it is sort of unparalleled. In, in, there's not really a, a great example that you can say of how direct an impact kids have had on a full episode of Doctor Who than Love and Monsters. So I think it's ridiculous. As today's point, uh, which is one that I basically agree with, and in fact, I would probably push stronger and say, as I have in the past, the worst episode of modern Doctor Who is better than the best episode of old Doctor Who. I think what's going on here in this poll, um, you know, when you look at the, the way in which the votes have been accumulated, is that people are merely voting each one of the episodes from, uh, you know, I, it's either 0 to 10 or 1 to 10. I'm not quite sure if it, 0 is included, but whatever, on a scale of 10. And then they're just aggregating all of those scores um, and so if something, let's say that there were 3,000 people that uh, voted for a particular episode to be, you know, one, that would be 3,000. You would divide it by 3,000, you would get that it is a one, you know, and you put it on this list like that. Very simplified thing that doesn't allow for much gradation of, um, uh, you know, opinion. And the the thing that is especially weird here, to me at least, is that... Um, it, it would be better, in my eyes, if it were more complicated. That is to say, if people were to give votes on different aspects of the individual episode, so that it's not simply, do you like it or do you not like it, but rather, you know, what do you give in terms of visual effects? What do you give in terms of the script? What do you give in terms of the acting? Or, you know, give some kind of um, way to, you know, really compare episodes from different eras because there's no way really objectively there's no way that you know rings of akatan is actually as low as it is when you compare it to i don't know i mean it is not as bad as the space pirates it's just not because it's got a lot of things that are going for it i mean it's one of the few episodes that has an original song in it, it has multiple original songs it deserves credit for that because that's something that doctor who doesn't do a whole lot um, you know, to have a, a more or less bespoke musical soundtrack that includes words, that's that's pretty incredible. Um, and it's something that would never have been thought about whatsoever in the, the classic era. I mean, that's not true. I guess there is one example, two examples. I guess there's Gunfighters, Gunfighter, you know, yeah. that has that fairly awful song. And I think we'd have to say that, the songs that are in Rings of Akatan are better than, you know, the Ballad of the Last Chance Saloon. I mean, they've got to be, right? 
and then of course there's the bespoke song in um, King's Demons, I guess. Ah, um, uh, yeah. Um, but but by and large, you know, it, it, you might be able to say that to compare the song in this to songs in um, uh, Voyage of the Damned or in uh, Christmas Invasion or whatever, but um, you know. It deserves it deserves a credit there that this little one to ten thing doesn't really allow, um, and and that's one of the reasons I think that it is a fair and accurate statement to say that the best episode of old Doctor Who is not as good as the worst episode of new Doctor Who because there's so much more, especially behind the scenes, that deserves to be credited when you say to yourself, "Do I like this episode or do I not like this episode?" Because I think it's a completely valid thing to say. For instance. I like an episode because of its cinematography, you know, um, which you, is not what this poll is at all designed to do. But, you know, taking it simply in the terms that are on offer here, I don't know, man. There, there are things here in the, at the end. I mean, for instance, if we were to say, as this poll seems to be suggesting, that um, The Rings of Akatan is the worst Matt Smith episode, I would take issues with that. I mean, we all know that the worst episode is very clearly the Beast Below. Um, Rings of Octon is, is miles, at miles. At, in fact, I would actually put Rings of Octon as one of my favorite Matt Smith episodes, period. But let's take one that is a little bit least favored and say Dr. Widow in the Wardrobe. I think Beast Below is worse than, uh, just on the merits of the story alone, Dr. Widow in the Wardrobe. And certainly on the merits of the acting, Oh no! I mean, the acting in in uh, Beast Below I, I think is worse than the acting in Doctor Way Wardrobe. Um, so it, it's interesting that, that you know I, I think we're going to have issues as we go. At least I'm going to, and probably Dave is going to have issues as we go through this thing and seeing you know BBC Wales episodes mixed in with classic episodes because it's so hard to judge that on the basis of a lot of different other factors. Um, and, you know, just to base a story merely on the story alone, I think is, uh, you know, kind of a problematic thing. But well, well, I, the, the interesting thing about that... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that touches on something that I had a thought about, and that is that mm-hmm. um, a lot of new, uh, our recent watchers of Doctor Who, who could have only seen these classic episodes via DVD, well, they may be rating the DVD rather than... The story, and by that I mean is, you know, they watch the episode, then they watch the extras, uh, and sort of like they may watch the Aztecs the first mm-hmm. time and think, mm-hmm. well, that's all right, and, and then they may watch the extras and and see what they had to do and how they did it on such a limited budget, this, that, and the other, and they think, well, actually, that that moves it up my scale of liking, and so that their rating may be actually for, you know, all of it, where of course the people who watch the classic series and are going back from their memories, are judging it sh- purely what was on screen at the time. You know, or uh, if they've watched it on some of these other channels, perhaps they've caught them on the Horror Channel. I'm, I know I, I recorded about 10 Doctor uh, things on the Horror Channel, simply because although I've already got them, they're on videotape, I've got no way of blooming watching them anymore. Um, so, uh, so it just made me wonder whether, uh, I mean, the, the space, is it the Space Museum, I said, that's moved up uh, quite a bit. There was another one that had moved up quite a bit um, 
in that. Where did we go up to? We got to you went up to one twenty, didn't you? Um Yeah, Underwater Menace has gone up. That must be because of the D V D, I would have thought. The, the oh, no, on it. I was no? just wanting to quickly add on your discussion there of which versions of the episode they're watching. This episode includes the this this this, this list this poll includes all the stories, meaning that it includes the incomplete stories, the ones that are lost, the ones that are wiped. So, what are people judging those on? Probably the reconstructions or some some form thereof, not on the actual complete episodes. So that's another interesting thing with this list. Good point. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Sorry, I, I lost audio there for a second there, Dave, so I didn't hear yeah. the end of your point. But I, I would only say you probably have a point about the um, you know watching of the episodes on DVD as opposed to seeing them as they went out or seeing them without any kind of framing uh, material at all. But you've oh, better them, effects. You may have seen them with the better effects. Better effects. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Certainly. I mean, if you say, if you what you're looking at is Day of the Daleks in its um, new form, yeah, you're going to enjoy that a hell of a lot more than. I mean, that's actually a big difference to watch Day of the Daleks in its modern form. Um, but you've chosen an unfortunate example because the evidence, at least from the polls' um, explanatory text, is that the younger people who are more likely to have seen it only on DVD um, actually have a uh, rate the Aztecs really low. I mean, they put Aztecs as one of their least favorite episodes, uh, and they could only have seen it on DVD. But I think you're I think you're right in general that there are some other stories, you know, that people might be basing upon the DVD changes. And we don't know. I mean, a lot of the young people might be seeing, might prefer, for instance, the Director's cut of Enlightenment. Just throw one out there, um, or, or the the longer cut of um, Curse of Fenric. You know, what are we? What, those are the ones that are interesting to me. Curse of Fenric, and what's the other? There's another. Is it Battlefield? I forget what. There's another McCoy one where maybe it's Ghostlight. I don't know where um, they've you know really added a lot of material uh, to give you a longer cut. And that makes a big difference in the way that you would appreciate uh, Curse of Fenric, I know. Right. Well, I mean, we may next week go through all those age ones if we don't get to today. But just the, the, the under-18s, they put Remembrance of Daleks, um, Deadly Assassin and War Games, higher than the older people have put them, the older two mm. age groups. Yeah. Mike, did you want to come in on this section and uh, then I'll I'll read the next 20 up? No, that, that comment there under reconstruction is all that I had to say for right now. Okay, and Ken, do you want to check your audio? Because you're on audio now. Yes, I am. Yay! Any, any comments on that yeah, section yes. from yes. 241 uh, up? Yeah, I'm on the list. I, I am, um, even though I didn't rank it really, really high, I'm kind of surprised that Rings of Akatane, um did so low because of kind of the bold use of music and the visuals and the impassioned performance of Matt Smith, I would have, it, it critically did rather well also, I mean, the trades. So I'm a bit surprised that it went, that's so low. I mean, it's, I mean, people are either hot or cold on that episode, granted, but to, to be there with time flight. Uh, fear her twin dilemma almost 
that that's surprising. And you know, I, I personally like Love and Monsters. I, I I like that it does something different. It's interesting. It the the uh, children's pole monster, but but I I think it it was interesting. They used to first person in it, and I think it went even lower because it has a bad rep. You know, I I think it's it's you know it's kind of the Heaven's Gate episode. You know, it's it's into knock it, and you know whether people like it or not. I I like it because it was it was something different. It was a it was a bit different. I I I liked uh, his character. I I thought the quirkiness and seeing also how fandom can also uh, derail itself and being around people kind of like an absorbaloff. You know, I think we've all, all maybe faced that type. Um. I, I think it kind of has some food for thought underneath it all, and I rather liked it. The the other Curse of the Black Spot also I it, I don't think it's terrible. It it it's not groundbreaking, but it, it it's it's not it's not something horrible. It's it, it's not getting into Paradise Towers territory. It's not a memorable episode. Hmm. It's not it's not a memorable episode. No, it's not. No, I mean, it's, it's not. Like, but you know, maybe you maybe I bad about it. It's just kind of. Oh, Chris the Black Spot. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it's 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 filler. I yeah, I maybe maybe it's stuck in my mind because I found her so pretty, and uh, Lily is just Lily Cole is is kind of devastatingly beautiful in that. And oh, God, the end, you know, same old, same old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I become smitten and directs the episode up a little higher, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it. But but it. Again, because I think I'm only surprised that it's there, not because of its worthiness not to be in the pits, but because since I think a lot of the voters are some new fans, that that, that they would have put it a bit higher. Um, it's kind of agree with 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 a bunch of these. Um, I'm, I I like Warriors of the Deep more than where they have it. That, that's personal choice. Yeah, I like I like those old Pertwee monsters, and I, I like Davison in that episode very much. But you know, you got the Merka running around, so that that kind of knocks off some points. You know, yeah, for that. But um, yeah. okay, um, I think uh, both Mike and Jeff wanted to come in on uh, another comment before we move up the list. So, Mike, that's the third time you've attributed that that. <laughs> That thing to Mike wanting to make a comment. He's already made it. It was about the reconstruction. <laughs> That's your first mistake, or is it your second? I don't know. But Jeff, who's counting? <laughs> I I can't keep count of your mistakes. Yeah. It's Jeff's fault, actually. If if Jeff had put now Mike's made his comment, I want to make mine. I don't know where I was. <laughs> Manchester. Oh, it's my fault. Apparently, passing blame to me. <laughs> Blame the librarian, I tell you. Yeah, yeah. blame. Yeah, yeah, I got broad shoulders. Yeah. Lay it on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just wanted to comment on what Darth said about uh, McCoy's uh, episodes uh, and the extended versions on DVD. Um, it, he's right. It was actually Battlefield that was the other one that had the extended scenes 
added into the DVD. And uh, Ghostlight also had deleted scenes, but you had to watch them in isolation from the main story, which was kind of sad. I hope they put out a special edition of that one where they put the scenes back in where they should have been. Well, yeah, that that raises a, a, another point. As you say, there, there are uh, special episodes of the DVD. I mean, Ian himself helping out on Podshot recently. Um, I found that I had um, a DVD with more extras, uh, a clause of access. My copy had more extras than the one that uh, Lewis was uh, rating his uh, version on. So, um, you know, there can be differences there uh, for those people who've, who've got particular copies. Right, right. Good point, Okay. Dave. Uh, let me read on. Uh, what I'm going to do, Ian, is, um, since we're going up the list, I, I'll just mention Love and Monsters again at 220, and I'll stop at 191. So then we're, I think that's better in terms of uh, numbers to do it in that. So so you'll be back at 190 on the third set, if that's okay. Like are, are you doing 20 or 30? You did 20. Okay. It did 21 the first time. Shouldn't you go up to 200 then? Just saying. You're starting at 220. No, I'm, no. Two, 220 to 191 is 20, isn't it? 30? Mm, oh, you're no, right. That's 30. Mm. That's 30. Another mistake, Dave. Or is it number three? I can't count. I've just played <laughs> the French tennis open for four hours. I told you. I'm tired. <laughs> we still love you, Dave. Right, so I've got up to 201. Okay, here we go. Right. Hey, none of that. Um, so, from 220 uh, Love and Monsters, that was uh, 153 before, we move up uh, 219 Web Planet, that was 178 before. Uh, 218 uh, Four to Doomsday, 173 before. Uh, 217 Delta and the Bannerman, was 180 before. At 216, uh, the Monster of Peladon was 179 before. At 215, uh, uh, Dragonfire, at 186 before. At 214, uh, Planet of the Giants, should have been higher, uh, was 163 before. At 213, The Mutants was 182 before. At uh, 212, uh, The Power of Crow, that was 174 before. At 211, The Creature from the Pit, should have been higher, uh, 184 last time. 210, uh, Galaxy 4, that was 172 before. Uh, 209, Terminus, uh, up from 169, that's slightly down, I think. Uh, uh, 208, uh, Daleks in Manhattan, Evolution of the Daleks, the two-parter, uh, up, f- that was 152 before. 207, the Crotons, was 166 before. Uh, 206, uh, Silver Nemesis. There's a lot of Seventh uh, Doctor episodes here, isn't there, in this section, Jeff? Interesting, um, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that was 176 before. Uh, 205, uh, The Long Game. Uh, 165 before. At 204, the Armageddon Factor, 168 before. New in at 203 is Nightmare in Silver. 202, the Gunfighters, 
175 before, and 201 journeys to the centre of the TARDIS, surprisingly low for their new entry. So I'll stop at 201, in fact, Ian. I think the Seventh Doctor ought to defend some of those in that section. Oh, do you now? Ah, <laughs> uh, can you? Um, well, let's see what's what's in here. Let me look back. Well, before I get to that, I gotta say, Journey to the Center of the TARDIS, really mm. at two oh one. That I absolutely loved that story. I would probably put that in the top fifty, not at uh, two oh one. That's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. With, uh, yeah, with Lazarus' experiment above it as well, uh, which, which we've not got to. Of, but... uh, of Clara running up the stairs to the TARDIS console. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <clears throat> I'm, a little, I'm a little surprised with Dragonfire. Dragonfire was a better story than 215. We had a new companion. Was... New companion. Well, she wasn't officially the new companion yet until the end of the story. We had Mel leaving in that story, but um, yeah, Ace, Ace Ace played into it quite a bit. But uh, it was it was a nice story. I thought it, it uh, was held together real well. I just watched it recently. Um, had some decent effects for the time. Uh, I'm not sure why it's so low on this list. Uh, certainly, nice cliff, way. Nice <laughs> well, yes, the cliffhanger. <laughs> the cliffhanger. <laughs> yes, the the ultimate cliffhanger. But uh, yeah, it, it's way better than Delta and the Bannerman, which is only two spots down, which probably should be about where it is in the list. So, uh, if there's one in there that I'm going to defend, other than uh, um, Journey to the Center of the TARDIS, it, it would be Dragonfire. Yeah, I, the, the ones I'd pick out there, I mean, I don't know why um, um, Planet of the Giants is so low. I used to have a soft spot for that one. And I don't know why uh, Creature from the Pit is so low. And um, I quite like that one. But yes, I do. Uh, Silver Nemesis, I can understand that being down there. Um, what else? Nightmare and Silver didn't particularly like if that. Anything, no. Silver Nemesis is surprisingly high, I would say. Yeah. 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 I mean, seriously, that's one. I don't think even Jeff could really defend that one. Made no sense whatsoever to me. Right. Yeah. And a piss poor excuse for an anniversary story. And a remake of Remembrance of the Daleks within the. And Remembrance of the Daleks just happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it is exactly the same story, really, as Remembrance of the Daleks. So, uh, well, we enjoyed that when we did the commentary, didn't we, Ian? The only thing decent about about uh, Silver Nemesis is the the bit inside uh, uh, Winter Castle where um, and where the Ace picks up the 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 fez. It's the only thing good about it because it's like, hey, because <laughs> you can just make up, no, no fez. Just tie that. Well, in. there's that, and I also like I I do like the bit that is at Windsor Castle. I mean, the the whole. Um, uh, Royalness of it all, and the, you know the fact that you get to see the corgis and her majesty oh, behind. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, that whole little thing is nice. And, you know, of course, that, that relationship echoed forward in Planet of the Dead as well. The big problem with Silver Nemesis is the whole gold kryptonite attitude of the Cybermen. Yeah. Yeah. So so weakening them again. And, of course, the repetition of the plot lines that we've already seen that were done much, much better in Remembrance. Um, the, but, the, one thing, the one thing I really like about that story, though, is all the hopping around in time, going backward and forward. That, that was clever. I like the, I liked the thing of the Lady Penforth. I, I, I think the concept of having the Nazis involved with the Cybermen it can be inspired, and Anton Differing is very good as an actor, but it just kind of doesn't come together. You expect something really great from the Cybermen, and it's just kind of this, uh, yeah, falling I, like I ten pins was, again. I, I know it was a trick of the Cybermen, but come on, if, if the Nazis really had something like living metal, they would have won the war. Yes, but you're forgetting that the Allies had um, Spitfires in space. Yes. So, no. Yes. <laughs> where, 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 where's that episode? That needs to be, you know, if we're talking about rings back <laughs> 10 and, 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 and flying a, a motorcycle through space, where the hell is Spitfires in space? Thank you very much. <laughs> well, yeah, it's weird because since we're talking about Silver Genesis, it, it contains the one thing, the only thing I can think of that I actually like about The Seventh Doctor, and that is that he's a fan of jazz. That's the only thing I like about that characterization whatsoever. And McCoy pulls it off, and you believe that he actually, you know, even though who knows what he's saying, it doesn't matter, you still believe he would be a fan of jazz. But, uh, yeah. I, th- I think my son quite liked the episode, but it was one of the first ones he saw. But I think um, was it, is this the one where we we have the uh, the Merlin aspect to uh, that's Battlefield. Oh, it's Battlefield. Oh, yeah. that's, that's Battlefield. Is it? Right. It was literally the first Seventh Doctor um, story I saw because um, um, they and New Zealand was the uh, first country in the world to actually see. Episode two or episode three was actually premiered in New Zealand before UK. Ah. Super special. Now, Anybody else? Other... Mike? Oh, go on, sir. Darth. Oh, no, Mike. If we're talking about Silver Nemesis, I guess. Mike, do you want to come in on this? Uh, and Rick Wall, again, don't, I don't want you to feel as I'm leaving out. Jump in when you have something to contribute. Uh, actually, for some strange reason, I don't feel all that good, so I was just going to say I'm going to uh, go, guys. Like, Unless you want to hear me no, doing no, no. something. and uh, Go better, Rick. Yeah. All right. See you guys next week, hopefully. Please do, yeah. Go better. I would also say moving ahead or around Silver Nemesis to some of the other things here. One of the things that strikes me as interesting, mainly because the magazine made a big deal of it in supporting articles, is this notion of the effect of finding um, the episode of um, 
Galaxy 4 and, and what that might have done to resurrect that serial's um, fortunes in this thing. And they said it actually made it go down, and that's not really true because, the, you know, if you were to really take uh, to compare these polls, what you have to do is a percentage, right? So you find the percentage of people who didn't like it, um, or you know the reverse of that, the percentage of people that did. And basically, in the last poll, eighty-seven percent of people said they didn't like um, Galaxy Four, whereas in this one, eighty-six percent do. So it did slightly move up, um, but it's odd that they they sort of I think got that wrong in their supporting documents. So. Uh, but what is interesting, though, is that Galaxy 4 certainly didn't move that much in terms of its um, discovery. If you want to look at the uh, the episode that got a lot of bounce out of just recovering one episode, that's the Underwater Menace. Um, and, and certainly, if you look at a serial that um, got a lot of bounce out of things is one we've not encountered yet because it is so high up on the list now, and that's um, the enemy of the world. Uh, just the enemy of the world it just moved incredibly fast. Basically, it moved from the bottom to the top, the bottom fifty, I think, to the top fifty. Um, so, discovery of new episodes does have an effect upon popularity in this particular poll. But perhaps the writers of Doctor Who Magazine didn't do the math right when they started to describe what that effect was. Uh, some other little things that are in here that I think are fine dandy that they are. I think the Crotons does indeed deserve to be at this sort of low level. It's pretty uh, it's pretty damn boring. I myself have always had a big um, problem in assessing uh, you know, is the Dominators, the Space Pirates, or the Crotons the thing that is the worst um, in the lot? Uh, from the second Doctor's era, and I really don't know, because they they pretty much all equally put me to sleep, um, and so it, it's devil's choice. I don't. I, I wonder if the reason that the Crotons is this high up compared to the Dominators and the Space Pirates, I wonder if it's simply because of that fantastic trailer that um, BBC Worldwide managed to splice together, or I guess it was really too entertaining. Because the trailer for the Crotons is amazing, actually. It makes it look just fantastic. Whereas there's no such trailer, obviously, possible for the Space Pirates. And the Dominators one isn't that great. Um, and, and there's also that, you know, sort of, there's some lovely Zoe Second Doctor moments. Where, you know, Zoe is truer to her own character by being the smart one. And, and Jamie is truer to his character by being the dumb one. And the Doctor is true to his character by being the apparently dumb one. And so, you know, the characterization is actually better, maybe, in the Crotons than it is in Dominators or um, Space... Well, uh, characterization in Space Museum is actually pretty good. But certainly better than Dominators. And so maybe that's why you're getting a bounce. But honestly, in terms of the overall story, man, they're equally dull. Just, just terrible stuff. Um, I'm also a little surprised... Uh, another thing that's interesting about this particular section is that the majority of these things, uh, you know, excluding the BBC Whale stuff, the majority of the classic episodes that are here from, where are we, 220 to 200 are things that have been released relatively recently uh, in terms of their DVDs have come out since 2009. Most of them have come out since 2010 or even 11. 
so these are relatively new DVDs, and this would seem to argue against Dave's point that the DVDs may be making a difference. I think it, it's down to the individual DVD. I think it's well, fine, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it doesn't seem like you know all the work that they did on giving us episode four, a planet of giants, um, that that made a tremendous difference in whether people like that story. Um, it, you know, a lot of these things are, with maybe the exception, Ark of Infinity is a fairly old one, but um, a, a lot. Horns and Nine Months, relatively recent, I think. Um, certainly, we haven't even gotten Underwater Menace yet. Um, and so that's the one to watch for next time is to see, um, you know, how how great that's going to improve upon it. So, you know, I may have been wrong about Underwater Menace getting a bounce. I don't think it did. I didn't see that tucked away there. Um, but anyway, uh, I, you know, a lot of these things, Sense Right certainly is relatively new. That's not gotten much of a bounce out of being released. King's Demons is relatively new. Well, certainly, I think since 2009, that hasn't gotten much of a bounce. Gunfighters clearly is a relatively recent one. Um, so it's interesting how sometimes DVD presence does seem to help things, and sometimes it really kind of doesn't. Well, I suppose you're quite right there. I mean, you could say with younger viewers, they, they can judge it more in the round and make a better assessment. You could argue that older fans think, now I know why I didn't like that episode. <laughs> yeah. You know, in other words, it, it, yeah, it, yeah. it reinforces their original, you know, it was rubbish then, and now I see it again, it's more rubbish now. But maybe mm. they enjoyed the extras, but maybe they can differentiate between, well, actually, I really enjoyed watching that background. It was nice to see the the issues that they had, or the strike that was on, or this, that, and the other. Yeah. But the episode itself still sucks. And I think, you know, another thing that's interesting about this particular section, to me at least, is that Armageddon Factor is higher than Power of Kroll. Uh, that is not how I would put that, because to me, it is far more, far more disappointing, that last episode of Armageddon Factor, because it's the whole season. And I think most people would agree Armageddon Factor does not end Key to Time that satisfactorily. And yet, people dislike Power of Kroll more. And really, you know... The model work in Power of Kroll is, for the time, yeah. kind of impressive. Um, I actually really like the uh, the interplay between Mary Tam and, and the Fourth Doctor in this one. Um, I like the fact that you get to see John Leeson, his actual face. So K-9 is not in it, but John Leeson is, by contract. I think that's kind of cool. It's got Philip Maddock in it. It's, you know, I, it, I remember me, that one more than the Armageddon. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there's there's that great kind of funny scene of the, them, uh, the Fourth Doctor and Marana being tied up in the uh, Try, uh, yeah in the pit, and they yeah. Ha- yeah they have to do that whole sonic vibration thing. I I like Power of Crawl better than Armageddon Factor. I think it's probably right to say that those are the two lesser entries in the uh, Key to Time season. But I think that the for my personal taste, the order is reversed. And I think to to Ian's point here about where the hell is Victory of the Daleks, to me, uh, Docs of Manhattan and Evolution of the Daleks is not the least of the Dalek things. And and I would tend to think Victory of the Daleks is below those, um, mainly because I think Matt Smith is terribly unconvincing in it. I don't really think it's the... Uh, it's not the conceit of the story so much as the acting. The acting is way better in Daleks of Manhattan. Way better. And it tells a social message, and, you know, it's got 
Spider-Man in it, and you know, I mean, it's there's a ton of great things. The accents, for once, the American accents are actually really good in Dollars uh, in Manhattan. I, I just, I, I do not agree with where that is in terms of Dalek stories. Well, it looked very good. Uh, the, 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 I mean, the Daleks yeah. looked good in 1930s, but I didn't like all that funny business and the mutated Daleks. Yeah, the and the the all wrapped in chains and. But see, Dave, I wonder how much of that with you because I remember this very clearly at the time. On uh, I think this was probably Podshock where we were talking about this. Uh, I remember you were hugely disappointed by the fact that the Radio Times spoiled the cover. Yeah, spoiled the man was, yeah. And, 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 of course, because I didn't have that spoilage, uh, you know, it was fine with me. And I, I wonder if you had been able to experience that as a reveal, whether you would have said, yeah, you know, that's kind of as good as the reveal as the of the... I don't know, Zygon at the end of part one of Terror of the Zygons, you know, if it had been new to you, if you had been surprised by it, I wonder if you'd think of it as quite so poor. Well, it was the same, the Daleks in Manhattan, they're quite light. It was the second part I didn't, the second part I didn't like. Uh, they had them all chained up and all the yeah. funny things going on. It seemed to me a little bit of bondage was going on there or something. I don't know. I think it's too long an episode, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I give that an infinite pass just because, again, I'm a sucker for if you can do something different with Doctor Who, then it's great. And definitely, it was trying to do something different. It was, you know, the fact that there is, you know, female show, director, I, I, isn't it? female uh, director, writer, Helen, Helen, yeah, Helen oh, writer. female writer, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Bravo and, to her for that. Well, that's not, you know, to me, that's neither here nor there. What What is interesting to me is the way in which it is uh, trying to do new things uh, in terms of let's have a showgirl. Let's have a chorus. Let's have a musical number, a theatrical Lanslow. musical number. Lanslow. Within... <laughs> I, well, see, I, you know, I kind of enjoyed her, actually. I, I mean, she was, she was good. She was good, actually. I quite liked and, her. And, and, and it may be well true that, you know, if you're, say, Louis Trapani, who obviously is a native New Yorker, and you're looking at the thing, and you're probably saying, well, really, people don't speak like that. And that may be true now. I think that a lot of that's been filtered out. But I think there's a certain historical accuracy to that accent. Um, and, and she's interesting and funny and given some cool things to do. There's the, you know, some some great interaction with her and Martha. Um, I, I, I like that episode quite a bit. And certainly, I don't think it deserves to be at the bottom in terms... I, w- I would definitely... Let me make sure I haven't missed something. But I would I would put something like The Chase before that in terms of worst Dalek episode. But, well, uh, I mean, I did like the the first part. I mean, I liked... Uh, the Was it the Hooverville? Of course, Hooverville yeah, uh, yeah, has the organization. Yeah. And the uh, casualty actor who uh, played their leader. I can't remember his name. But Cora. I thought he was good. And from Star Wars. Yeah, well, it was a good one. Oh, I love that. Well, I think it was, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I thought that that was all right. I think it was the second half of the two parts of yeah. it through it for me. Anyway, it's fun. The man like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is sort of the weak element in the thing. But mainly that is one of the few misses, I think, that Neil Gordon had. I mean, it's that to me, the problem is not the conceit of it. The problem is the actual conception of it, if you know what I mean. It is the actual... Prosthetic, which is less than convincing, 
Um, but the idea is interesting and certainly something that is just the reverse of what happened in Evil of the Daleks, you know. So it's, well, the it's last time I saw something as daft was in Friends with somebody running with a turkey on their head. It was that sort of thing. <laughs> it, yeah, kind of. It, it is a letdown moment. That's true. But but again, it's not really the concept. It's the it's the realization of the prosthetic itself, which is mm. you know, if you're talking history, you know, this poll is comparing classic Doctor Who to new Doctor Who, and you know, is that worse than the sensorites? I don't know. No. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Uh, well, I think since Rice is actually lower, isn't it already? I don't know. But I don't know. The other the other point from that range there is the long game. Now, that's that's really interesting that that has not done a whole lot. Uh, it's actually, is it fallen relatively? I think it has fallen relatively a little bit. Uh, because I would have thought, people would be kind of like me in, in the sense of the more you watch series one that's got to, 58% it got last time 59 now how it? it looks to me yeah I and the, uh, I've got I've got the old magazine here at um, long game was 165 got 58.05% oh you're talking about the percentage I'm talking about oh, I thought I'm that talking, was your no, Best my thing. Way of my thing. Out. No, because I'm not sure that doesn't mean anything to me. Um, to me, the point is you take um, let's say long game. You take 205 and you divide that into 241, and then you take 168. Sorry, 165, and you divide that into 200 and compare those numbers. That's telling you what percentage of people didn't like it overall. Right. Um, their percentages aren't really percentages. They are, they are. I mean, they are a percentage, but they are the aggregate. They are adding together things. Yeah, it's not yeah. really, you know, an actual percentage of where you are on the total list, where you are from the bottom. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it looks like long game is, but, but the point about long game is, I think the more that you watch series one, surely the more you've got to realize long game is actually quite critical. And though, you know in terms of the overall story of that arc. And so to put it, you know, it may be fair to say that it is the least of the Eccleston episodes. That may be fair. But is it this low down? I don't, you know, to me, if you don't have long game, then pretty much the entire series unravels from series one. So can this be this low down? I, it's, it's a crossroads episode. And I, I don't know. I have a problem just pushing such a critically important story this far down, but you know, whatever it is, where it is. Um, but yeah, it, it, this middle, this almost last group is kind of really interesting to me. Yeah, Ian, do you want to make any other comments? I'll move us up the next 20. Where did you stop again? You've, your volume's gone right down here, is it? Uh huh. Hello. Hello. Ah, that's better. That's better. I'll talk louder. How's that? <laughs> I couldn't remember where you stopped. What you stopped at? Uh, uh, Two oh one. I stopped at. Two oh one during the center of the TARDIS. Yeah, I mean, some of these new new series episodes just it kind of bugs me out. That you know, like Journey to the Center of the TARDIS is so low, and I mean Nightmare and Silver, I'm not a big fan of, but uh, kind of looking and, and going. 
I agree with you know because the the bottom of the list is I think is actually more contentious than the top of the list because you know, there's usually one or two episodes at the top that you're like oh no no that shouldn't be up that high but um, I was looking at it before uh, lost it now <laughs> took so long for you to get around to me Dave <laughs> I'll blame it on you how's that. Well, I think you were talking before, yeah. but I were hearing you. Maybe, maybe, could be. Do you want to my, take the my next phone was cutting out, and I was trying to come in earlier. Oh, I got that. But I will move on with the list because the one I want to talk about is is coming up next. <laughs> Should be at the bottom of the list, but uh, we're going to try and do it the Dave's way. Coming in at number two hundred was one fifty. The Lazarus Experiment. Uh, come at 199 was 171, Colony in Space. 198 was at 162, The Savages. 197 was at 151, The Celestial Toymaker. Uh, 196 was at 164, The Invisible Enemy. 195 was at 138, The Idiot's Lantern. 194 was at 159, The Smugglers. Ah, here it is. At 193, Victory of the Daleks. <clears throat> Surprise attack. 192, was it 160, The Keys of Marinus? 191, was it 99, Planet of the Dead? Ouch. That's a move. Uh, 190, was it 167, uh, Nightmare of Eden? 189, um, is uh, Night Terrors. That's a good anyway. We'll save that for a minute. <laughs> uh, 188 was at 155, the invasion of time. 187 was at 161, attack of the Cybermen. Uh, 186, ooh, the beast below. 185, the rebel fish, the almost people. Huh, interesting that they lumped those together. I suppose they're doing two parters together. I just realized that. Uh, 184, was it 154, the Ark? 183, was it 158, uh, inside the spaceship, a.k.a. the Edge of Destruction? 182, was it 148, the Mark of the Rani? I'm just going to 181, right? Yeah. 181, yep. was it 143, New Earth? New, 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 all right. Discuss. No. Um, yeah. Oh, where did I start? You know, the Lazarus experiment, I think, should be down there with fear. Um, not, of course, the Twin Dilemma or, or Tom and the Ryan. They should be further up. But I, I, everything in that story is just. It cuts out again, Ian. I think we've lost Ian's audio there for a moment, so I'll I'll talk. Ah, are you back? I I guess. Hmm. Maybe I'll have to dial back in. See, we were ignoring you. Yeah. Where did where did I get to before I got out? <laughs> I can't remember. What? Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Why Lazarus is so bad? Bad. bad. Yeah. 
the monster was awful. Badly realized CG monster. Um, not not terrific acting. Um, just it's just all bad. You know these bad tropes: monster climbing up tall tower, falls down, dies. Oh, it's it needs to be like at the bottom with with fear. Her, I mean, to be honest, I've never liked that story at all. Um, yeah, I I just don't see why it's why it's on this list. No. <laughs> um, I was I'm a little surprised. That, I guess uh, Attack of the Cybermen is. I like Attack of the Cybermen, don't get me wrong. I'm surprised it got voted this high. Um, and, uh, and of course, you know, my, my favorite punching bag victory of the Daleks. i got to agree, I watched it yesterday, um, and i got to agree with you on uh, Matt's portrayal of the Doctor. It's bad. It's, it's, not, it's not good. Um, there's something off. I don't know what it is, but it's just, Having seen more recent episodes of him, it's not—it's like he hasn't got it right yet. I don't know what and what order they filmed everything, but it's almost like he didn't have his doctor figured out at the time. You know, it's—it's um, it's just not a very good portrayal. Yeah, and and you know, even more worrying in terms of broadcast, it's right after Beast Below, so. Yeah. You get two really bad episodes, characterization of the Doctor Wise, and it really worried me. And then you get, oddly, you get to the episodes that he filmed first, which are, you know, the two-part, the two-part angel thing. Right. And and that's fine. You know, he he's actually really quite enjoyable in that. Um, performance. So it's almost like he degraded his performance somewhat, or or just was given a script that wasn't as good. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Uh, what I would say, the ones that stand out for me on this is um, that the Celestial Toy Maker is so low down, but maybe that's because people haven't got a lot of evidence to go on. I think there's only one episode in existence, is it? Maybe two now. Uh, I really enjoyed that when it first aired. Uh, I like that. And I like, of course, that um, Pe- uh, Polly's real life husband was in that. Uh, playing the Celestial Toymaker. Um, and uh, the other one was um, the one just above it as well, um, uh, The Invisible Enemy. I like that because it reminded me a little bit of um, a Forbidden Planet. And why the Slanton is above those two, I don't know. Um, and what else? Um, I've got to say it. Uh, 183, I'm sure some people do like it, but I can't stand the edge of destruction. Uh, There's like one page of script for the whole episode. So (laughs) where is the food? Barbara. (laughs) I mean, it's Uh, awful. So, so slow. I can't get through it. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, uh, I mean, I personally love it, but I think it, I think it's great to hear that from you. That, that that's awesome, especially because you would have seen it on transmission. You, that must have been for you, kind of like what Beast Below is for me, because you start out 
you know, and you've got pretty good episodes there with Dalek yeah. and, and uh, even even in us as a child is you know interesting because you don't know what the hell this series is at that point. Um, and then all of a sudden you get this this thing rolling up, you know, that is just people running around a console, kind of. Yeah. Oh look, I've got a pair of scissors. Oh okay. Oh look, all we had to do was to hit the fast return switch and everything's fine. You know, it, it's terrible. The, the only good thing about it though is there there is that really cool spooky thing where the doctor is really scary. That that but. The soliloquy, essentially, that he gives in part two of that story, uh, where he's backed up against the TARDIS and he's got really good mood lighting on him. Mm. He is actually really good in that moment, but the story is stupid. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, almost the disadvantage of the very first episode of Doctor Who was that it was so good, so polished. You know, it set such the bar so high. Bar so high. And then you went to the Caves of Skulls, and which, you know, all right, you knew then it was the educational remit and things like that. But um, this one definitely seemed like a filler. But, it, I mean, it could have been good. It was, just, it was as though somebody had lost the middle three pages of the script. You know, you know, this is all that's been written, and we're going to make it last 24 minutes, 26 minutes, with no advert breaks. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, we've uh, we've lost a couple on uh, on audio. Uh, I think Ken's off audio. Uh, Jeff, uh, have you got anything to say about this selection? Well, I was just going to comment on the edge of destruction. The one thing I do like about that story is that the TARDIS crew starts to bond after this story, um, and also you get a little personality from the TARDIS itself which I liked as well. So uh, for that story, that's what I liked about it. And actually, I'm a little surprised it's that far down on this list. I figured it would be a little bit higher. Um, As far as the rest of the the list that uh, Ian just read off, um, I completely agree about uh, Victory of the Daleks. Um, I'm surprised that's actually not a little bit lower than 193. Um... Let's see. I'm I'm a little surprised with the Rebel Flesh, the Almost People. Uh, I thought that was a decent story. Uh, had some interesting concepts in it. Uh, nice effects, visual effects, uh, good acting. Um, I figured that'd be somewhere in the middle of the road type of thing, not this far down. Um, looking at the other ones, um, New Earth oh, should have been lower than that. Uh, I just did not buy the whole body swapping thing. And uh, uh, Cassandra, I could have dealt without Cassandra again. Uh, I don't know why they brought her back. It it just didn't work for me at all. Uh, I had some nice visuals there at the beginning, but um, other than that, I I just didn't care for it at all. Uh, Was getting, I I was all pumped up from uh, Christmas Invasion, and then that comes on, and... To face me, the bow? only the face of bow. Uh, yeah, the face of bow. Um, well, it, it seemed like they were taking a very minor character from another story, and suddenly making him prominent. And I don't know if I bought that. Which he, at that time. which he would become, which he would become, of course. Which he would, of course, from series three, of course. Gridlock um, and so on. Yeah. Gridlock, but uh, and. 
spoilers, uh, Captain Jack, possibly. But mm. um, yeah, I just didn't like that. I, I thought the best scene from that whole episode was the first one where where uh, they're taking off in the TARDIS and saying goodbye to Mickey and and uh, Jackie. Um, the do- uh, well, we didn't get that far. I guess we're not that far yet, so I will yeah. keep my comment okay. for that later. But yeah, that that's what I thought. It's probably pretty accurate other than the ones I just mentioned. Okay. Let me read what uh, Ken, who's dropped off audio, has put, and then Mike may want to come in. Uh, I think the... Uh, Armageddon Factor also uh, ranks so high because it is the final uh, finale of uh, the Key to Time saga and the uh, first appearance of Lala Ward on Doctor Who. Good point. Um, yeah, I mean, that was... Um, was it tw- was it 12, 12 episodes all about the Key to Time, was it? No, 26. But, I mean... 26? Oh. I, mean, I mean, okay, I can see maybe if you like Lala Ward giving more attention to that because it's the first time she's there. But the the point about it being the last thing, I mean, if it were a satisfactory ending, fine. You know, but I think most people do not view that as a satisfactory ending to the key to time. I think mo- the general view of everybody I've ever heard talk about key to time is that it starts off really cool and it ends really crap. But I guess your mileage might vary. Okay, and Mike, that segment. Okay, uh, right, Ian, um, I'll take that as a cue to uh, move. Let me just point out one thing that's interesting in this section. Um, Look at the loser here. The loser in this section, clearly Planet of the Dead. And in fact, I think Planet of the Dead is the big loser, period, in the entire poll. Last time around... Planet of the Dead was firmly a Marmite episode, which is to say 50% of the people liked it, 50% of the people didn't like it, right? It was right in the middle of the poll at 99. Uh, now, 79% of people do not like this episode. Uh, or, you know, that I just think that's incredible that that drop has happened like that. Uh, and, and the weird thing is Planet of the Dead, uh, this is a sort of a cautionary tale for our eventual winner, I don't think it's spoilers to say Day of the Doctor won this poll. Um, the, so the, virtually the, the most recent episode um, of the poll, uh, the most recent episode of Doctor Who uh, to the publication of this poll is, is the one that won it. Uh, and we can see last time Planet of the Dead was the most recent episode. Look how far it's fallen upon reflection. So therefore, you know, when we do this thing again after Peter Capaldi is gone, will Day of the Doctor remain that high? I think it will remain high. Will it be number one? That's, you know, more questionable, I think. But, man, that is, that is a precipitous drop in opinion on Planet of the Dead. Uh, the other thing to factor in there as well, though, that Planet of the Dead was also the very first uh, high-definition episode of Doctor Who. Uh, so, I mean, I remember just loving watching it because of so much detail. Uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed watching and... it as a... Yeah, but I mean, yeah, mm. that that was the thing. I mean, they spent all that money going all the, all the way and, mm. and, and all they did was the sand dunes. And then we had the flying bus 
elements again. We're back to Delta and the Bannerman. And um, we have somebody who some people thought might have been a possible um, companion um, uh, flying away. Um, but some of the ideas, I mean, I didn't like the, 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 the sort of insect creatures so much. And um, they, they were sort of dispatched, really, without too much loss. Um, but there were some elements that were nice. And then, of course, it depends on whether you like Malcolm or not. I suppose ah. it kind of does. Or, or you know, whether you can stomach yet another unit story in which, um, you know, you're dealing well, that with a virtual unknown. Well, oh. I mean, okay, she is brought back, but, you know, she was in uh, turn left before that, but that wasn't one thought. That wasn't actual unit. That was alternate universe unit. So right. was she really, you know, whatever. But the point is, in, you know, in the, one of the errors, I think, of the RTD years is that they never kind of just stepped up and replaced unit with, uh, I mean, the brigadier with a standard person, a, you know, a go-to person. And the correction in the Moffat years is, okay, we're just going to bring in his daughter and she's going to, whenever she shows up, you know it's unit. And that's good, to me at least, because you get personal identification with the organization. Planet of the Dead was an opportunity to again write write that, and they kind of did, but kind of didn't, you know. So whatever. But I, I, for me, I would I would not have dropped Planet of the Dead down this far. I mean, I think it probably deserved to drop from where it was, but to go all the way from, you know, almost good territory to firmly bad territory, I think. That's just not accurate. That's not true. It can't possibly be that different from one time to another. Yeah. Um, so that that's interesting. The other thing about this little group that I personally have a problem with, and I think that this is simply a virtue of the fact that people have not seen these episodes and therefore don't have a lot of supporters. Uh, you know, the smugglers, I'm, I love the smugglers, and I love the savages. I think that they are perhaps my two favorite Hartnell stories, and I just... I, I I bemoan the fact that people don't really take the time anymore to um, you know do reconstructions and and follow along with a script and really assess is this a good story or not because man the smugglers is famous. Well, that's Jamie's first story, isn't it? No, it's, all right. Um, no, it's it's Ben and Polly's first real story after they uh -huh. uh, pushed their way into the TARDIS at the end of War Machines. So it's their first trip in the TARDIS and. All of that is great. The bonding between them is really great, you know, because don't forget they are, you know, they kind of know each other, but they just met at a nightclub. They're not really mm -hmm. friends. And, and it's the episode in which they become friends. It's the one episode I'd love to get found because it, you know, had great Cornish uh, location shoots on it. And, you, you know, anytime you go to Cornwall, you're going to get some great photography. Um, so it would be great to see that. But just the story alone is great. The acting is clearly good. Uh, from the audio that is going on that still exists, I really wish that that story were placed more highly than it is, um, and it certainly is in my own personal view of things. But, um, you know, and again, I will say again, The Beast Below is fantastically overrated at whatever that is, 186. That is ridiculously high for the worst episode of Doctor Who ever made. Um, but whatever. Another, okay. thing, another little interesting thing here is we, we're starting to see that. I think this is the 
or is Ty Monster below this? I can't really see real quickly. Oh, Monster Paladin is below this. Uh, in terms of Pertwee stuff, Colony Space, I Colony Space is pretty boring, <laughs> to be honest, but it's so cool in some other ways. Episode one is really cool because that is a, a uh, no other companion quite comes into the TARDIS in that way because here uh, she's been around for a while, Joe, that is, and this is her first time going into the TARDIS, even though it's been sitting there in the back of the laboratory for a while, and she just her reaction is completely unique because on the one hand, she is terrified. On the other hand, she does, in fact, you know, the doctor asks her, don't you want to step onto the soil of an alien world? And she says, yes, but I'm just scared. It's really a cool performance. If what you're used to is the sort of confident Joe from Carnival of Monsters or Green Death, which are more popular episodes that you might have seen, um, the her reaction in, in episode one of Colony Space, just fantastic. Really good. And I, I think that the conceit is interesting because it's one of these Malcolm Hulk specials where he's trying to tell us something about, you know, he's trying to make social commentary about the world. And the the it's it, it is ultra realistic in a way because it, it is actually about the colony in space and about how to make a colony work. What are the fundamentals that are necessary there? And so the episode gets a bad rap for being boring because it talks about, um, you know, agricultural planning a lot. But actually, that is what you would do, you know. And I, I, I find that aspect of it really interesting and the fact that the master is present but not present from the very beginning so that when he shows up, you're like, oh, it's the master, of course. Here we go. Um, and so it's an interesting way of making a longer story um, more palatable in a way because, you know, the first couple of episodes you don't have the master and then all of a sudden you have a story that involves the master. And so it's it's an interesting experiment in terms of writing a longer Doctor Who story. But, you know, should it be low? Sure, it should be kind of low. It's not the best thing in the world. But it is far more interesting um, than some of the things ahead of it. I mean, I think it is better than Attack of the Cybermen. I think it's better than certainly Night Terrors. Uh, well, I'm sorry, not Night Terrors. It's better than Nightmare of Eden. It's better than Keys of Marinus. You know, so I think it should be a little bit higher than where it is. But it's, you know, it it is perhaps one of the lesser um, poetry stories. But an interesting group here dominated by the fact that Planet of the Dead just took a beating and a half. Okay. Uh, I should just say, yeah, of course, it was the Highlanders where Jamie McCrimmon uh, comes in. Uh, Ian, do you want to say anything else on this section before I, I go from 180 up to 161? And I'll take that that either we can't hear you or you're not talking. So um, let me um, no, I was read. Self-muted, sorry. <laughs> okay. That was my own fault. That one. <laughs> um, I was going to say Mark Lerani should be, and this is going to shock everybody. It should be um, further down on this list. You know, like in the two hundred somewhere. Cause it's, yeah, now, which doctor was that story about, Ian? It's a sixth doctor. It's a sixth doctor. Oh, great. Nicholas great now. But having the Master and the Rani in there totally ruins that episode. Um, I think some of the effects are good. People complain about the rubber trees, but actually I think they were quite clever. Um, and, and, you know, considering the time. Um, and, uh, but trying to cram, you know, 
basically a female version of the monster into a story is is is, is great. Well, it's great to have you know another you know renegade time lord because we've only seen two you know well three well well anyway. Right. Uh, but now we've got a female one. And it's like it's great that they wanted to do that, but don't overcomplicate it by sticking the master in there too. I mean, I realize they had a contract with Anthony Yanley, but come on, give him his own story. Um, it's it's a waste of, of of his talent, and and it's you know he ends up playing second fiddle to 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 Kate Amara a lot of the time, and it. it it's a waste. It's a waste of everybody's time in, in that story, I think. So. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. I mean, I don't know how far we're going to get up this list today, but we've just got <laughs> Wait, some time left. I'm, so, I'm sorry, David. i got to say, the interesting thing about Time of the Ronnie, not Time of the Ronnie, Mark of the Ronnie for Ronnie. me, is that because it's the last location filming, on film, that is to say, the last one, last location filming that happens on film. Um, it is the one story that makes Colin Baker's costume look the best. I, I think that he, well, not just his costume, but himself. Uh, unfortunately, it is balanced out by the fact that it is the worst and most unbelievable thing that Perry is wearing. I mean, good Lord, what in the world are they thinking with the costuming on Perry when they could have put her into something that didn't look like she just walked out of Snow White. Um, but yeah. But it, period. It, yeah, exactly. But, but the weird thing is, I think, you know, pretty much everybody in it looked, it, to me, it's the best story for Anthony Ainley in terms of the way that he looks in terms of, I just think he looks fabulous and menacing and they, they film him in interesting ways that makes him seem like a snake as opposed to a, um, yeah, he just seems really sly in the whole episode because of the shadows that they're able to get across his face and some interesting stuff going on with him. Um, certainly, the lighting is better for Kato Mara than it is the next season. Um, but I, I just love the location work in it. I really do. It's, it's one of my favorite of all time, really, for location work um, because, you know, they're going to a historical museum and so therefore it feels like the elements are right and and also because um and I, I think this is down to the director of course one of the few uh female directors of the classic era um she just manages to do things with you know the fact that she is freed from using the three camera setup she does some really interesting things gets some great close-ups gets some you know there, there are scenes in which the Doctor is. I mean, in every episode of Doctor Who, the Doctor is in peril at some point or another. But a lot of times in classic Doctor Who, because you've got a three-camera setup, it's very difficult to actually convey that on the actor's face because it's so studio-bound. Therefore, he's not running. Therefore, he's not really in motion, and therefore not in peril. But in Time of the Ronnie and you know, Caves of Anarzani too, there are some scenes where the doctor just gets muddy and dirty and ugly and you, you believe um, that he's in peril. And I think that's, that's true of the cliffhanger in Time of the Ronnie. Uh, maybe when you come out of the cliffhanger, you don't believe that so much, but certainly when you go into it, you think, oh, wow, he's actually maybe in trouble here, um, which is one of the reasons I, I kind of like it, but I agree. It's not, you know, it's Pippin Jane Baker. What are you going to do? 
but um, it's 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 good, and the location where it deserves a yeah, Killingworth wasn't it the uh, mm-hmm. which is a working museum, I think Killingworth. The, the actual uh, outdoor filming was at this historic mine location, wasn't it? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, let's let's move on. Yeah. Let's move on. Um, uh, one eighty. Um, uh, the Doctor's Daughter was originally one forty. One seven nine. Boomtown up from uh, one four one. At one seventy eight. Uh, new in was uh, a two-parter, The Hungry Earth, Cold Blood. 177, uh, The Wheel in Space. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That was 156 before. So. Uh, at 176 um, is 42. Up uh, Originally 136. 175, The Chase. Uh, originally 157. 174, The Leisure Hive. 149 before. 173, another two-parter, The Aliens of London, World War Three was 132 before. 172, above that, was The Happiness Patrol, 170. Uh, 171, The Rescue, from 127. Uh, 170, uh, The Reign of Terror, from 144. 169, uh, Mission to the Unknown, from 133. 168, The Trial of a Time Lord, from 142, at 167, New, Vampires of Venice, 166, The Highlanders, uh, from 145, 165, New, Closing Time, 164, The Power of Three, New, 163, A Town Called Mercy, uh, a new one. Uh, I'm actually quite pleased that those three are together because I rate those about the same. I don't think they should be that high, but it's nice that they're all grouped together there. 162, the Sunmakers from 147, and at 161, maybe, oh, no, I'm not going to say it, Planet of Fire, 134. And I realised I better not say anything. Oh, anyway, um, <laughs> just, to, just, just to add that uh, there's a little asterisk beside uh, Trial of Time Lord. Uh, with a note, uh, you also voted for the individual section segments of Trial of the Time Lord. Parts one to four were 59.5%. Uh, uh, parts five through eight were 62.93%. And parts nine through 12 got uh, 62.8. Uh, and parts 13 and 14, 64.47. So there's the individual percentages there, in case you were wondering. Okay. Well, I, looking at those, I mean, I would. I'm surprised the Doctor's Daughter isn't a little bit higher. I, I quite enjoyed that episode. Forty-two. I I really enjoyed that episode. I'd I'd have put that a lot higher than than at one seventy. I'd have put that around. Oh, I'd put that nearly in the top fifty for me. I really do enjoy that. Um, and what else in that lot? Um, well, some of the old ones, I suppose, Highlanders should be uh, higher than that. Uh, as I say, that grouping of three, the power of three, Town Call Mercy uh, and Closing Time, I'm quite happy that those are all three together uh, and they're probably about right. Um, Planet of Fire, I'm not sure whether that shouldn't be a bit higher than that. Um, and I think um, 
there's a lot of fans of the sun makers that may think that should be higher than it is. So who have we not heard from for a while? Mike, are you still available to chat? If not, we'll go to Jeff. Let's go to well, Jeff then. Yeah. Well, you know, I I really like Boomtown. I don't know why it's down at 179. Uh, it was a fun, light episode. Um, a lot of humor in it, and it should be way higher than 179. Uh, probably somewhere around 100, or maybe a little higher than 100. Um, the Hungry Earth, Cold Blood. Now, see, a lot of people, I think, I've heard compare that to the Rebel Flesh, the almost people uh, in style. And mm. if if um if it was up to me, I'd reverse them and put uh, this one a little bit lower and uh, the Rebel Flesh, the almost people, a little higher than what what's ranked here. Um, let's see, uh, the Leisure Hive never cared for that story. Uh, One seventy four, yeah, that's probably about right. Uh, 42, I, I have to disagree with you, Dave. I, I think that's about right. Um, it's an Burn okay with story. Me. Burn <laughs> with me. It was better than that awful film, Sunshine. God. Anyway, go on. Uh, let's see, what else is here? Um, I, I'm kind of surprised you say that about The Power of Three. I, I thought that was uh, a little bit different. It was a rushed ending. I, I'll give it that, but... Um, a little bit different feel of the stories. It's, it's a story that takes place over, what is it, about 14, 16 months. Uh, you don't get that very much in Doctor Who. And uh, uh, had nice uh, acting, and uh, I quite enjoyed having uh, Rory's dad uh, being prominent in another story. I, I just thought that was very well done. And having Kate Stewart there, great story, uh, should be higher than that. Oh, you acted very well sitting looking at a box. Yeah, very well. <laughs> okay. He's brilliant in it. Fantastic. <laughs> but he, he, plays, he plays the Wii. And he's yeah. quite good at it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, everything else I think is about where they should be, I think. I guess that's all I have to say about that, that grouping. I put closing okay. time like somewhere under Silver Nemesis. <clears throat> Closing time uh, with, with did terrible things this night. You think, um, um, oh, what's the name of it? Nightmare and Silver was bad for the Cybermen. Closing time was just ridiculous. Reduced them to just nothing. Um, and I can't stand your man in that anyway. <laughs> I don't like him. I don't like him at all. <laughs> It's just, it's just, you know, a comedy character just thrust in there all the time. But anyway, um, I mean, I, I know they kind of lumped it all together, trial of time, because it's an overarching story and everything. I, I wish they kind of separated it out because uh, there are, you know, the mysterious planet. I think is, is uh, I love that story, but. Uh, but like Terror of the Vervoids and and oh, yeah. uh, and uh, the last the final two parter Megabyte Modem yeah it's just there you go Pepper Chain Baker thank you for ruining that 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, I've got to rewatch Power of Three because I, I, I'm sitting here thinking, I can't really remember. I know I've watched it twice because we did a commentary on it and everything. I've got to watch it again. But I've been doing that. I've been going back and rewatching stuff, especially now that I've got a proper HDTV. Just kind of getting that out there again. <laughs> <laughs> now that i got a proper HDTV. <laughs> well, you know. Um, Happiness Patrol is kind of surprised where that is because it's usually one of those things that's kind of lofted up there as, as you know, oh, yeah, an enemy made out of sweets. You know, so I'm kind of surprised that it's been put where it is. I mean, I kind of like it because it's it does something a little bit different with Doctor Who. That, you know, you get this kind of dark, brooding kind of uh, atmosphere, and it, it, it's almost verges sometimes on depressing. Um, but I like it for that because it tries to do something a little bit different. And uh, but I'm surprised because it's, it's usually kind of derided and. Hold the candy man up as being something, you know, an awful period in Doctor Who, and you know, so I'm surprised that it got voted this high. Sorry, Uncle Lou. <laughs> Forty-two. I don't know what you're going on about, Dave. It's an awful story. No, it's actually one of the. I mean, I think that's one of Martha's better story. I mean, that and the Doctor's daughter. I, I actually felt as though Martha was. Coming, you know, as a good companion in those two. Uh, oh, I, I, like, uh, I love 42. 42. Yeah, the strong, strong woman actress, the captain. Well, but no, it's David Tennant. Is David Tennant oh. scares me in that episode more than any monster probably ever has in the history of Doctor Who. Every time I watch it, I am scared that he is going to die. Period. The part where he is screaming for Martha to go away because if he opens his eyes, you know, he's going to kill her. That is frightening acting. And I don't think that there's ever been any doctor in any situation where he called upon to deliver a combination of anger and fear that has ever done it better than David Tennant in that moment. He is remarkable in that episode. And yes, I know, because I remember from the pod shock that we did that there are people, if you're of a scientific mindset... You might have a problem with how close they get to the sun and how, you know, Tennant does a spacewalk that close to the sun and how he's not pulled into the sun. And there's all these issues, uh, apparently science fiction or science related, to which I say Doctor Who is science fantasy. It is not science fact. It is not science fiction even. It is science fantasy. And therefore, I have no problem suspending all that. To me, it's all about the acting. The acting is remarkable. And and not only on top of that, it's my favorite thing directed by Graham Harper, period. Better even than Gaze Vanazani, better than Journey's End or Stolen Earth or whatever, or Unicorn and the Wasp, which is also good. But in terms of direction, the immediacy of it, I totally dig it. Yeah, Michelle you know? Collins was, was the um, yeah. captain. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'd be glad to know, though, Ian, uh, you know, you were lamenting sort of the um, position of Trial of the Time Lord, and you think if you split it apart, maybe you'd have some parts of it that would rank higher. But the interesting thing is that Trial's uh, position has actually gone up here uh, from the last time around, because last time around, uh, you know, 71% of stories were rated better than it. 
Uh, now it's only 69% the story. So it's it's marginally come up a little bit, which is kind of interesting to me. Um, and I, and what was really interesting, too, when you did the breakdown, you were saying that um, Ultimate Foe has actually, it, it's not super hated. Um, like, what was that, 74, 74% of, you know, in the percentage that Doctor Magazine is doing, which is not the one I'm talking about. But in their rating system, 70, it got 74% or something like that, which is... 64. 64. Oh, okay. But it's not the lowest rated thing, right? No, and it's I, actually the highest of the four segments. Which is just crazy to me, because I, I, I would personally never say that, because it's the thing that makes a nonsense out of the rest of it. Uh, I still have no idea whether any of that happened. I mean, it's so ambiguous as to, you know, the conclusion of the story. But it's fascinating that that has gotten, you know, a bit of a bounce. And I think maybe a part of it is because, as is revealed in some of the supporting documents, the uh, the average age of the respondent here is getting younger. And the people um, who are participating in the poll, a lot of them, you know, started watching Doctor Who in 87, so around the time, not actually Trial of the Time Lord year, but close to there, um, so that, you know, you, you might be getting some people in there who, for whom Trial of the Time Lord was important, you know, really important, like like you, Ian. I mean, it's really important to you because that was in your youth. But, I mean, I think that there are some people in the poll who are maybe slightly younger than you who also might be identifying that and therefore displacing some of the wisdom of, or received wisdom of maybe older fans. So that it's interesting that that's moved up. Another thing, Dave, you were saying about the uh, the Highlanders, you thought it should be higher placed. Actually, it did pretty well this time around too, even better than Child um, of the Time Lord, because in um, 2009, uh, almost 73% or people thought that 73% of stories were better than it. Now it's down to only 68%. So it's made a good move in this um, poll. And I'm heartened by that. I think it should be higher. To me, it, it's it's pretty much my favorite, Troughton, um, because Polly is so incredible in it. You know, uh, I think that a lot of people, and I've said this before, I think a lot of people think that it is a story about Jamie and how they met Jamie. That's very secondary. You know, that is a subplot beyond subplot in the uh, the whole running of Highlanders it is really a story mainly about how Polly kicks ass. I mean, really, she's dynamic. And, and, and for that matter, it's also the story where Ben actually gets to have some relevancy out of his background as a um, sailor. Um, and it's just fantastic. So I'm glad that it has moved up. I, I would put it way higher up than this, but I can understand why it is as low as this just because there's nothing really that survives from it. Um, the other things that I think, you know, Vampires and Thinness, I think um, it's that's fine, I suppose, where it is. It is a lesser Matt Smith episode. Um, I'm a little surprised. You know, again, I think you see here with Wheel in Space, uh, I, I don't know what's going on with that. I find Wheel of Space quite enjoyable. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I would, and, and it's not really because, well, it is actually because of Wendy Padbury, but I don't think quite for the same reasons as you, Dave. I mean, I think it, it, what's what's interesting is that it is in the sense of, uh, that is common to classic Doctor Who, 
the first episode that involves a new companion is the one that usually presents them the most strongly. And I think that is kind of the case with Wheel of Space. She comes across as a bitch. Let's face it. Uh, she is a total bitch in the episode, uh, which is great because that's, you know, a point from which her character can start. And then you get to see her soften over time. Um, but she is just the most kind of unlikable person that you could, that's on that space wheel. And and then you gradually see her get to the point where she says, you know, I'm going to steal away on this TARDIS and see what the hell happens, which is kind of cool. Um, and also, you know, the Cybermen are kind of interesting. And I know some people don't like the plan of the Cybermen in Moonbase, but I mean, not Moonbase, in uh, Wheel of Space. I kind of dig it. Um, and, uh, you know, there's all sorts of fun stuff with, um, I mean, that one of the things that's great about the story is in the same way that Dragonfire is really sort of just actually a Dr. and Mel episode in which they happen to meet um, this Ace. new companion, Ace. Um, really, Wheel in Space follows on from, is in the same vein as Evil of the Daleks, in that it is basically the Doctor and Jamie together, and then there's this pesky woman who shows up, right? Uh, and I I like that dynamic uh, because the the most interesting dynamic of the the, the era the Patrick Troughton era really to me is the Jamie and Second Doctor one and it's always kind of cool when you get a, a laddie kind of episode so I you know Will Space I would probably put it a little bit higher I would put it I would definitely you know in terms of Cybermen episodes do I think it is better than Closing Time Yes. I mean, it is clearly better than that. And, you know, is it better as a buddy um, episode? You know, the Doctor and a male companion. Yeah, I think it's better than, you know, Eleven and Craig. I do. Um, so I would throw that up there. Why in the hell Mission to the Unknown is thrown onto this um, the, this poll as an individual serial, and yet the Trial of the Time Lord is not? I mean, it's not broken up into separate parts, is kind of beyond me, because obviously Mission to the Unknown is merely the prelude to um, Dalek Master Plan. So I don't understand the logic really behind it appearing on its own in this poll, and I'd, I'd love to have a little bit more explanation of that particular phenomenon from a statistical point of view, but there it is. Um, but uh, let's see, what, we went up to like 120, was it? No, we're, we've just done 180 to 161, yeah. Uh, I think right. Ken's back yeah. on audio. Is he? Yeah, so let's... Oh, oh one other, one, before we go to Ken, sorry, one slight other thing. What I think that this particular section of the poll really shows us is Season 7A was pointless, kind of, because the majority of its episodes are rated super low, right? They're rated in this little thing, and they're rated right around each other. Well, we haven't quite gotten to... I guess dinosaurs in the spaceship, but dinosaurs in the spaceship, town, call of mercy, power of three. They're all within, you know, eight places of each other here at the bottom of the pole where in this particular area, um, what 70, no 69 ish percent of the episodes are rated higher than this. So it's part of my own. It confirms my theory that there was absolutely no point really to bring him back. Amy and, Rory for that, you know, half season. They should have just powered right ahead with Clara, 
and and done it because it really didn't do anything for fans apparently. Right. Yeah. And the mission to unknown. I, I'm having trouble recollecting, but I think it's the it's the one where the main cast aren't there, isn't it, or something? Right. It's the it's the episode where Hartnell gets credited even though Hartnell's not there. <laughs> right. right. It's the, the, where they they cut away at the end of um. Oh, good lord! Space Museum. Uh, no, not Space Museum. At the end of um. Let me see if I can find uh, it. At the, at the end of uh, Time Meddler, I think it is. And, Galaxy uh, 4. Uh, Galaxy, Galaxy 4. 4. You're quite right. At the end of Galaxy 4, they look on their you know view screen or whatever, and they see, oh, somebody's down there on the planet Kimball or whatever. And uh, you know you cut away to see McCrory. Kevin McCrory? No, not Kevin McCrory. That's not right. Somebody McCrory uh, is down there and you know fighting the Daleks, and you get a little bit of a a teaser for the big epic that is to come. It's a really great idea, actually. And and if you listen to the episode and you follow along with the script, uh, it's must have been fabulous. I would love for them to do something like that in the modern era. They never will, but I would love to do some. Well, I mean, I guess Tardisos are kind of like that, or you know, these little prequels that they're doing. They're kind of like that. But it would be nice to have an entire episode, like to do a Doctor Light, where you really don't have the Doctor at all, where it's really just set up for something that is to come. I would love that. Great idea. But again, my point is on the list, why is it separated out when it's really a part of DMP, uh, given that tack of, I mean, a trial of the Time Lord is not separated out. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, really. Okay. Uh, well, it looks as actually um, it looks like uh, Ken is back in. He dropped off again. Hopefully, Ken is just hearing. He's unmuted. Ken, before you actually start speaking, we we've just covered the 180 up to 161. That's from the Doctor's daughter up to Planet of Fire. Do you have audio? Can you speak? Yes, I do. Okay. If you forgive me for unless there's something really pressing in the the previous 20 you wanted to mention. Is there any in this section? Because we're, we're hoping to I know get at least you're, one you're, more you're section done. Close for time. I know you're going for time. Um, a little surprised the doctor's daughter is down so low. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's all subjective. Um, Attack of the Cybermen uh, being one of the ones I really like for Colin. I would have wished that to have been a little higher. That... Um, I always liked Lytton's character, the crossover from the Davison episode, the Dalek episode. So uh, I really enjoy that. Well, wait, well, that's not in this section. What, what did you just mention? Oh, I'm sorry. We're, we're Doctor's Daughter, Boomtown, Hungry Earth, Wheel in Space, 42, The Chase, I Leisure take that Hive. That was, that was from a previous uh, section. I would, I would say carry on and keep reading. Okay, let me just. Okay, uh, Ian, anything you want to say? Because um, um, we could continue a little bit longer, but we are running out of people on audio, so um, we're, we're hoping to get to the halfway stage out of two hundred and forty. We're hoping to get to at least one hundred and twenty, but I'll, I'll let Ian decide on that. Do you want to do the next twenty at least, Ian? Uh, yes, um, but before we go on, I just want to say, Planet of Fire actually does get better. It's one of those ones that gets better when you watch the the, um, the DVD, uh, mainly because of the extras on there. You realize how much um, uh, location 
filming they did do, how much stuff that they used. You, you look at it and you're like, well, it's just rocks and stuff, but um, they used like just about everywhere they could in, in Lanzarote did, and and did a really great job of it. Um, it's just one of those things that just just by watching the extras on the on the DVD, I really actually it, it kind of moved that story up for me. Aside from the fact that you know Nicola Bryant is in a bikini. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> That's my wheel in space, Dave. That's my wheel in space. <laughs> and you see, you see some Gallifreyan coins as well. Well, you, they're coins. I don't know where necessarily they're from. Oh, okay. They could be Gallifreyan. Right. One sixty right. up to one forty-one. Davison looks awesome in the episode. because he, he doesn't ever really wear the celery, which I love. I wish he'd gone with that look a lot more often. Even the little, like vest that he has it looks like it's from somebody's embroidered couch or whatever it, he's still him in shirt sleeves without the cricket thing he just looks great he should have done that occasionally uh, but I'm glad he at least got to do it here at the end you know at least there's some variation in his outfit right yeah. and I like Planet of Fire just because of what it does it sets up it sets up this kind of you know it's been this progression of, uh, okay, Tegan's gone. Uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Turlo goes, spoilers, by the way, anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they finally get rid of Chameleon. You know, the master mm-hmm. appears to die. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot set in, in motion and a lot done in this particular episode. And then we, you know, we move on and then along comes my doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and the other, you know, really cool thing that's going on on Planet Fire is the... Um, Oh Lord! It just went out of my head. I have I cannot believe I just forgot that one. Oh, I forget what it was. There's something else that's cool. Oh, I know what it is. On the DVD, at least, uh, you do have the option of the extended cut. There's some people who really don't like the extended cut. I really like the extended cut. I think it does some great things to the story by getting rid of a lot of the fat. Um, there are reasons other people don't like it, you know, because of some things that are going on with it. I really like it. The Net effect, though, is at least it gives us something to hang on to for Turlo. makes Turlo much more relevant. And uh, this is what I was trying to remember. Um, it does some very useful things for Turlo's character that are later picked up on in Big Finish audio um, that make a lot of sense. Uh, so the Turlo story is, you know, although some people kind of thought at the time, if all you have to do is look at the original cut of Planet of Fire you might think, what the hell is going on here? You know, you take that in concert with Frontios, and you're like, what in the world does this character mean? Um, It is, you know, for those who want to buy it, it it is later quite satisfactorily dealt with in Big Finish, and it wouldn't have been possible without the groundwork that was laid in Planet of Fire. Right, I think we need to move on, Ian. Yes. All right. Revenge of the Cybermen was at 130, now at 160. Battlefield, uh, 159, was at 146. Dave's favorite story, Voyage of the Damned, <laughs> uh, was at 114, now at 158. Dinosaurs on a Spaceship is at 157. Uh, one, uh, Black Orchid uh, is at 156, was at 117. The Awakening at uh, 154. Was at 110. Destiny of the Daleks at 154 was at 121. Uh, the Runaway Bride 
115. Was, no, sorry. <laughs> was it 115? Now 153. Doctor Who, a.k.a. the 1996 TV movie, the McGann movie, uh, <laughs> was at 135, now at 152. Let's Kill Hitler is at 151. The Macro Terror was at 137, now at 150. Where am I going to? <laughs> oh, next. nine more. Yeah, to 141. <laughs> the, next. The next Doctor, <laughs> 149, was at 107. Uh, Death of the Daleks was at 148, now at 120. Was at 128, now at 148. Oh, I'm confusing myself. Frontios, Tractators, uh, was at 104, now at 147. The Android Invasion was at 123, now at 146. The Mythmakers was at 126, now at 145. The Sontaran Stratagem, The Poison Sky, was at 91, now at 144. Full Circle was at 101, now at 143. The Faceless Ones was at 122, now at 142. And coming in at 141 was at 78, the Ice Warriors. Ice Warriors. Sorry. <laughs> You've got to wonder if uh, Cold War has pushed that one up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, no, I think I think that's, that's your DVD release phenomenon right there. I think... True. But they were, but you're right. They were actually marketed together. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Actually, it's uh, uh, dropped quite a bit. Uh, yeah, the Sontaran yeah. stratagem is the one that's dropped the most. There, that's dropped fifty no. odd places. Well, no, the Ice Warriors dropped about sixty. Oh, you're right. Yeah, seventy-eight. Quite right. Seventy-eight last time. Wow. My, my, yeah. Well spotted, yeah. Jeff. Yeah. Do you want to go on the on this section then, Jeff, while you've got the mic? No, let's see. Um, the the one that uh, that just screams out at me is "Let's kill Hitler." I thought that was a fabulous story, and I just. It's inconceivable to me that it's at 151. Uh, it should be much, much higher, at least in the top 75. Absolutely. Maybe. Yeah, it's it's just an amazing story. How can it be that low? I don't know. It's in my top. It's in my top 10. I'll tell you that right now. I just think, well, I think it, it's the slickest directed episode ever. I love it. I don't know why they haven't brought Richard Senior back. Just great. Well, you want to talk about it? I, I just agree with you. I just want to, you know, and just to let people know, we do agree on something. I, I absolutely <laughs> could, could not agree with you more that that is ridiculous how low that is. Just unbelievably stupid how low that is. Just every, the script is great. It's got the best quote. You know, the best the best line is you know River Song. I well, actually, I was just at a you know bar mitzvah for a whatever that line is, gay, Jewish, whatever person. And, you know, I thought they were a bit rubbish or whatever, you know, that whole line. And her use of seeing her regenerate, the use of the regeneration, the the, the fact that she's an assassin in it, that the doctor dies in it. Um, the only thing that is dissatisfying about that in any way is I would love for that to have been the reason why the doctor has more 
regeneration. Regeneration. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than the the rather rubbish time of the Doctor, that's a much more fabulous reason because it proves the central point about Doctor Who that I've always believed that it is basically a romance and that if the reason that the Doctor got more life was because of a kiss from a woman, that would have been fabulous to me. I mean, just perfect. And that would have been the fairy tale you know, that I would have approved of out of the Moffat years, not this other craft that, you know, if I wish the universe back into existence, um, then maybe everything will be okay. Not that stuff, but if, you know, in a sort of Sleeping Beauty style with the genders reversed, the Doctor gets to live on because Riversong decided she didn't want to be an assassin anymore, but rather a life bringer. Oh my God, that is a perfect episode of Doctor Who to me. So, yeah, I mean, let's kill Hitler. Should not be where it is, Jeff. I quite agree with you. Well, thank you for the confirmation, Darth. Uh, but but all the other ones, yeah, they're about right, I would say. I, I really can't see anything that should be much lower or much higher than what this list shows. I'm surprised Battlefield's here because uh, uh, that's one of the 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 ones, certainly one of our back episodes, our commentaries that gets listened to a lot. Uh, all the time and a lot of people think that's you know one of the uh, seventh doctor's best story i would have thought you'd might have stood up for battlefield a little bit well you know uh, I, I did enjoy battlefield quite a bit uh, mainly because of the brigadiers in it um right and a lot of people say it it it's really slow and it has a lot of extra stuff in it that shouldn't be in the story and uh actually i hear more people say that it's a poor story than a good one. Um, maybe I'm reading different reviews than you are, Dave. I don't know. But uh, uh, I, I did quite enjoy it myself. But, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, I'm probably about, it's, it's probably yeah. about where it should be. I'd probably uh, the, rank it personally a little higher, but not much higher. And The Runaway Bride, I'm surprised. That's like, Although it wasn't particularly one of my favorites, because I didn't like the way it was introduced. I was still... Um, contemplating the end of that marvellous episode called Voyage of the Damned. No, Voyage of the Damned, I must <laughs> just say that. I've said it before. The first full-length episode of it, the first 40-odd minutes, is fine. I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was excellent. Uh, I like the way that the Doctor took charge of the uh, situation, and I, I, I quite like Ad, Astrid Peth uh, and things like that. It just seemed to fall apart with the with all the silliness that went on in that that last 15, 20 minutes of it, 15 minutes of it, that spoiled it for me. What else well, in there? Well, um, I, I always I always give the Christmas stories a little bit of a break. Uh, they're always going to be a little bit different um, with more levity, if you will, silliness going on, as you put it, Dave. Uh, so, you know, I, I can forgive um, that story. And the thing is, again, the other one there is, I don't know why the next Doctor is as high, because, again, that was okay, but I didn't like the um, the ultra-clean kids, the Christmassy market, the Cyber King. That really ruined it for me, the Cyber King part of it. Although I did like, you know, the um, the, the woman. Uh, I thought her acting was was good, and I liked bits of it. But, um, I, I, I mean, let's kill Hitler. certainly better than than that will buy a long, long way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like I said, I would put it probably in the top 75, uh, probably higher than 75, uh, 
in the top 50, certainly. Mm. See, dinosaurs in the spaceship, I think that was a bit of a throwaway episode. I mean, it was nice to see uh, Rory's dad, and there were some nice things in it, but it was really a romp, wasn't it? That that was the that was the, the like the pirates episode that we talked about earlier. It's it well, was, the, and unfortunately, I didn't like the two robots in it. The two comedians didn't like them in it. Well, the thing about the dinosaurs on a spaceship, uh, it turned very dark at the end of the story. I, the pirates one oh. really didn't. Yeah, and also there's this. Um, you know, press the reset button. I mean, they solved it right there, even though it meant, as you say, the the load of people in the ship just they were just forgotten them out, weren't they? And they just died. There was people in the sick bay or whatever it was. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, there's other people on audio. Uh, Ken. Yeah, um, I I agree with the let's kill Hitler should have been higher. Uh, great episode. Much deserving, much better than where it is. Um, kind of surprised that the TV movie garnered such a lower spot, being that everyone was so thrilled with seeing, uh, you know, Knights of the Doctor the, might the not have gone out. Back. It, it might not have gone out when they were doing the. Uh... Uh, but but I think since it's only McGann's only showcase for that Doctor think that people would cherish it a little more that it would have been higher in the poll rather than lower considering that but if if it did come out uh, the poll after um, his little shining 10 minutes of glory it's really surprising it's really surprising because he's um, you know and, and with you wait know, no, why is that surprising to you? I'm curious oh, go ahead sorry why is that surprising to you? I mean, what does one thing have to do with the other? Well, you know, people might have rewatched. People the, might the have thrill, rewatched the movie after seeing him. Yeah, it, it would get. Yeah, but they're still be, stuck with um, the movie. Attracted to, um, <laughs> to to learn something they haven't seen before. I mean, to get into this this doctor they maybe not have even uh, experienced. You know, so mm. it does. It, that does surprise me. And and especially after how everyone was so thrilled that he had come back. Right, but I mean, fundamentally, the movie is still a flawed piece of television. So, you know, I mean, it it would be like, you know, if somebody shows you an unearthly child for the first time um, and you'd never seen William Hartnell before, you'd be like, oh, wow. And I'm just talking about the episode. Yeah. Uh, You'd be like, oh, wow, that's a really interesting portrayal. Um, but then, and then you might say to yourself, well, I want to see something else. And then the thing that you see next is the web planet. Um, I don't think that's going to make you view the web planet as particularly good, you know, cause web planet sucks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't think the TV movie does suck. So, yeah, but, but, but right. it's interesting because the TV movie is such a, I like where it's placed. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that, it would, that it's going to be in the top 50. But, but I think it, it should have been a little it, higher than where it is. It, it's kind of cool to me that it is almost at the top 50, like it's circulating around that area, because that's the way I look at the movie. is like half really good and half really bad. You know? Okay. Like it's half... Right. It, McCoy is actually good in it. Uh, the, I mean, I don't think that the conceit of having him in it is great. But <laughs> I'm having a heart attack over here. 
<laughs> well, he's giving it because, you know, he's, he's got my favorite McCoy moment in it, right? I mean, well, the hell the he got shot. Um, but, you know, he, he, he's able to convey panic in it, you know, which is what he's basically required to do. Um, and and obviously McGann is great in it. And I personally think that Roberts is pretty good in it. And, you know, Yuzo is good in it. But the plot is pretty... Why are we going to a, get a clock, get the battery out of a clock in order to save the TARDIS? What in the world does that do? You know, all that stuff's crap. But it's interesting. I, I'm sorry. I've stepped all over you there. So yeah. Any more comments, Ken? Not, no, not really on, not really on that. Um, just... Um, Runaway Bride, about where it should be, about where it should be, and uh, yeah, that's that's about that. Most of them should be in their place. Um, oh, again, Battlefield, I think, should have been higher because mm. I, I think it's a very good McCoy episode. I think for the effects work, for the for the costuming work, the Destroyer is really excellent for the oh, time. Yes. And Gene Bard, I enjoy the whole Arthurian aspect of it. It was great, uh, great having the brig. And there was that fear at the time that this is, you know, who's going to buy the farm, the character. I just do the best I can. Yeah. Got the right one? Yep. Yep. And all around, it was good. Gene Gene marched through the scenery uh, nicely. And it's... uh, Worked into the whole Merlin aspect with the Doctor and the mysterious quality uh, of Sylvester's Doctor that those of us that love him, hooray, uh, enjoy so much. Um, that dark Doctor quality he has. So, um, should have been a little higher. That, that's how I did on those. Okay. Uh, Darth, you talked about... Um Let's kill Hitler. What about any any others in that section? Um, well, I'm a little bit saddened to see Frontio slip a little bit. It the slip is actually less than what it appears there. It's only about a percentage point or whatever. But um still that that's gone down is kind of weird. What's interesting about this whole group here is the extent to which some David Tennant episodes have taken a real beating. I mean, Gridlock. Wow, that is that is quite a a change from being hey, on the in this section. Aren't we? Sorry, where are we we're doing one one sixty to one forty one. My apologies. Uh, then that's a preview for a comment to come. Um, <laughs> the uh, I'm, I'm not terribly surprised at the Santarin stratagem thing. Uh, that is a clear, massive drop from the positive side to the negative side. Um, I I think that uh, something that might be going on there is the sort of reimagination of Santarans as kind of comedy villains, and this isn't a comedy episode for Santarans. Um, I think you're looking there at sort of the Strax factor. When you go back and look at it, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense with what we've got now with Strax. Um, I, I and again too, I think you've got a relatively weak appearance of unit, and now that we have you know 
both the Santarans and Unit sort of redefined in the Moffat era, going back to this episode looks um, quite clunky. Um, and and I would actually sort of, you know, if you're talking about in terms of Helen Rayner scripted stories, to me, the her Dalek two-parter is better than her Santaran two-parter. So it's kind of weird that this is higher than the other. Um I think, you know, the next Doctor thing is not quite as big a fall as that appears to be uh, because, you know, the halfway point in our new list is whatever, 120 and a half. Um, so, you know, relatively speaking, the next Doctor basically stood still. Um, I think that the... It's interesting that the Macro Terra is has actually, I think that's, that amounts to an improvement for the Macro Terror. So again, like the um, the Highlanders, another non-visual episode has sort of moved up a little bit because it's probably because it's Troughton, right? And Troughton is one of the big winners out of this poll, as we know. Um, the um, Black Orchid, the, the interesting thing about Black Orchid is that... Um, it has really dropped a lot. Um, and I think that the reason that it may have dropped is because since the poll was taken initially, the commentary and the DVD came out. Uh, I could be wrong about the timing, but around the time of the last poll is when the, the DVD commentary came out. And of course, in the DVD commentary, the entire cast... <laughs> except for maybe Sarah Sutton, basically trashes Black Orchid. And I think that a lot of people who before might have said, well, that's a pleasant little episode, but nothing to write home about. Uh, now, because Peter Davison essentially has given them license to think of it as a poor episode, do in fact think of it as a poor episode. And so uh, Black Orchid's fortunes have considerably fallen, really. Um, and let's see. And you're saying up to 140. Yeah, the Ice Warriors thing, I don't understand the Ice Warriors thing. I really, I mean, I can understand it. I, I would have thought, honestly, that that would have been reversed. Um, because I think what this is saying, because we haven't hit Cold War yet, right? I think we're saying that Cold War is better than the Ice Warriors, which, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, you know, in, in the, the general vein of things in the new series are better than the old series, I would agree with that. But since that's not the, the basis of this poll, and since we're clearly, you know, rating essentially the story of the Ice Warriors versus the story of Cold War, I'm not sure that I would agree because I tend to think of Cold War as being a remake, really, of the Ice Warriors. And so, uh, you know, to me, there, there's a lot more interesting things going on in the Ice Warriors because of all the... Um, you know, the sort of post-apocalyptic feel, the fact that they, you know, they've got some interesting supporting characters in trying to make that weather machine work and all that. To me, that's a little bit more interesting. Um, and I, we haven't seen Seeds of Death yet either, have we? So that would seem no. to suggest that uh, Ice War Seeds of Death is better than Ice Warriors. That's so, uh, yeah, Seeds of Death is not better than Ice Warriors. That is a stone-cold fact. I mean, Seeds of Death is ridiculous. Seeds of Death is one of the worst Troughton episodes, period. And for it to be even thought of as better than Ice Warriors, ah, that's crap. Total crap. 
Um, but yeah, this is an interesting little section that is dominated. Oh, you know, another interesting thing here is the way that Full Circle has fallen. Full, full Circle was about breaking even on the last poll. In this poll, it's below par. Um, and, I, you know, I got to say, Full Circle is, to me, the best of the bid me season. Um, and it's, it's, it's basically, that means that it's the best of the late Tom Baker stuff. Uh, I think it's actually even one of the best Tom Baker stories, sort of full stop. Um, I I don't agree with that being quite as low as it is. Uh, well, I mean, I could I could stand it being where it was before, like as a break even point. For it to have fallen below the break even point, though, uh, and for much more than fifty percent of stories to be better than it, is a little discomforting to me. I also don't agree with Runaway Bride, incidentally. I think I, I I love Runaway Bride. I can understand why some people don't, though. I get why it's kind of where it is. I would tend to think, though, instead of it being at 115, uh, sorry, not 115, I mean, I, I definitely don't think it should have dropped to 153. Uh, I, I think, personally, I would put it at about 95. Uh, on the positive side, I really like it because it does a lot of you know, it tries to be a screwball comedy, which Doctor Who had not done up until that point. I think it succeeds at being a, a screwball comedy. I think you know, Lynn's direction is great, perfect guy to get to direct it. Uh, I, it's dumb for it to be on the negative side here. I think that there should be few more episodes worse than it, and instead there are more episodes, and instead there are fewer episodes that are worse than it. What should I say? It should it should be above 120. On the pole somewhere. Uh, and for those people who are not that familiar with Full Circle, that's the uh, one of the eSpace trilogy ones uh, where we get Matthew Wardhouse Adric uh, coming in as the companion Adric. Um, so there you go. Um, right. Um, I don't know whether Ian said his piece on this, but um, uh, I've got to defer to Ian now about timing. We've we've we've. I don't know whether you want to get to the top of the page to 123R, but there's some contentious ones in the next section, I think, which might mean we either stop now or go for a full half hour. So I think you have to make the call, Ian. I think uh, for the sake of uh, um, my family life, it would be good if we, <laughs> since we've actually reached kind of a stopping point, it would be good to kind of um, stop it here. Plus that gives us time to... Um, like if we wanted to vote an entire show to maybe the top 10 or the top 20, uh, it gives us that uh, that ability to kind of stretch us and to go into three shows with this. That's that, uh, that's quite, uh, yeah. Because we could do top companions can, and things then, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's other, other uh, content in the magazine that we could discuss as well. Um, I can't remember whether I said anything at the beginning of this or the end of this. Uh, <laughs> uh, you um, said buy the magazine if you haven't already done so. Yeah. That's what you said. Yeah. Um, Let's see, I'm just looking at the stories really again. Still love um, the, the the TV movie. Um, it's not it's not a great story or anything, but I still like it because it's well up until recently it was the only began we had. <laughs> um, didn't your family like the Runaway Bride? Uh, did, uh, which, I, no, I like the, it, but it, 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 the is down the motorway. Tardis is going down the motorway. Just it it it, it just. Ups that episode in my estimation all the time because it's just 
the TARDIS doing something that you'd never saw the TARDIS really doing before. You, we only ever really saw it spinning in space. You know, that brilliant. He never scene. really did anything, but here, here he's got stuff attached to the console. He's leaning out the window, trying to. Oh, it's just great. You know, um, I just love that scene, and you know, it was a, a favorite of Liam's for a long time as well. You know, um, you know, anytime the TARDIS does something cool like that, it's it's just worth watching that episode just to see it. And it's at the beginning too, so if you, <laughs> if you want to watch the rest, then. <laughs> um, where did we go from to? Well, 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 while you think, one episode that hasn't been mentioned by anybody is Black Orchid, which was unusual for it being a, a historic one without any any science fiction element, wasn't it? It was the two-parter, wasn't it? There, where there's it's historically, but no, there's no. You know, there's no aliens messing with it. It's just like um, Victorian melodrama, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it, I, I like it. It's a nice little episode. But, but didn't Darth just talk about it? I thought he did. Brilliantly. I listened to every Dave, minute. Dave, Dave could be making a mistake again. <laughs> oh, no. It must be time to end if I've made two mistakes. Barely never can mistakes. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for showing up today and uh, and joining us and going through this list. Of course, join us next week when we're going to be going through the rest of the list. Uh, this is probably going to take us three shows, I'd say, just so we can uh, spend a little more time on the top 10 to 20 episodes um, and then have a look back through the list and, you know, grab out episodes and say, oh, I'll stick them up here and down there. And, um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> oh, so it's my fault, Dave. Indeed. But I haven't said that on audio. I'm being blamed. No, 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 I'm going to call you out on that anyway. <laughs> I was getting lots of texts from Ian at the time. <laughs> but then again, David has trouble counting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we shall uh, catch you next week when we uh, tackle the next section of the list. Um I'd like to thank everybody for all their contributions today. And until next time, it's goodbye from Mr. Dave AC. And it's goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. Goodbye, everybody. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.